Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we look to the skies, may we also learn to look within. Aloha, multidimensional, intergalactic friends, shifters, light guardians from all across this dimension and beyond. Thank you so much for joining in. My name is Mystic Spider-Man, Brennan, Wolfshield, Skull Babylon. You are tuned in for another exciting, inspirational, educational live podcast presented here on behalf of Paradigm Shift Central, a portal for inspirational leaders and creators. And this is a very special broadcast that we have here tonight. Of course, the theme is all about UFOs and the shift in consciousness. So this one's going to be exciting. So thank you everyone so much for joining in. We're going to get right into the discussion in the next moment. Uh, of course, I am joined here once again by some fellow amazing shifters. So fellow amazing shifters, uh, go ahead. You guys should be able to unmute yourself and gently let's uh, make some alien noises and send some love to all the people who are tuned in right now. So go ahead, everyone gently unmute their microphones and be like, <laughs> awesome that's perfect I'm, I'm glad we didn't plan that that's exactly how i imagined it though so wonderful thank you again everyone so much for joining uh off the start i apologize if there's a little bit of a audio sync between the video and the audio uh please forgive us that will be kind of resolved as we go out through the broadcast but again if you can hear us loud and clear in the chat Drop an 11.11 and let us know. And again, thank you so much for being here. If it's your first time here, if you've been here before, we got something really special taking place here within this community and within the discussions that we are having. And this is this is a big discussion. This is a very, very important discussion. So before we get into that, of course, I encourage you to make sure that you're connected to the social media links down below. You can also make sure that you're connected to the fellow people that you'll see on the broadcast by checking the show notes after the broadcast and even by connecting to them in the YouTube chat as well. For those of you on TikTok and Instagram right now, click the link in my profile to jump over to, to YouTube. For those of you on Facebook, you can jump over to YouTube as well. And again, huge shout out to our Patreon supporters for helping make this broadcast possible. If you really dig the content that, you're, that we're putting out and you even wanna be able to connect further with the community, be sure to check out our Patreon where you can support with a monthly contribution and also join as a leading member where you can even join on future on-air podcast discussions that we do here, plus other aspects within our private community space for conscious creators. So super excited to be able to have this discussion. So let's kind of like set the bigger picture as we dive into this for who knows, like we're going to set, I, I'm going to kind of set a time frame where I'll say this discussion will probably go for about like three ish hours, give or take. Um, but nonetheless, there is an infinity when it comes to this topic. And let me just kind of take a moment here to uh, just allow ourselves to first of all, drop into a little bit of just kind of a meditative gratitude state. So 
with our previous broadcast and this one being no exception, this is going to be another free flow discussion. So this is going to be obviously related to the topic of UFOs and the shift in consciousness. But at the end of the day, this is still practice. This is an opportunity for us to be able to have conversations about the things that we don't normally get a chance to talk about, for us to practice being sacred mirrors, for us to be able to see more within ourselves and the universe beyond. So in this moment, before we dive into the discussion, because I know a part of me is just like, get into it, let's just go, UFOs, oh, crazy. It's such an exciting topic, but I think we'll be doing ourselves a favor if we can just take a moment here to just be able to take a brief moment to meditate and connect with our breath and synchronize and drop into this heart space. And then we'll talk a little bit more about what the intentions of this broadcast are. So just inviting everybody here, for those of you tuned in and even listening to this in the future, just inviting you to join us. And as you listen to my voice, just go ahead and gently close your eyes. And as you close your eyes here, just bringing awareness to your breath. And just allowing yourself to be in this space of gratitude. Gratitude to be amongst others who are adamantly seeking, who are curious, who are working on themselves, who are here to help assist with the shift in consciousness. And so in this moment, I want you to just kind of visualize all of us just like sitting in a circle together. You can imagine ourselves like sitting inside of like a yoga studio, which is the origin of how this all began, which is me doing meetings and meeting up with people and having discussion and now here we are doing it virtually and so just imagine as we sit in this circle and just take a moment here to just look around the circle and just see these faces new faces familiar faces friends fellow souls and just express your gratitude to them as you also receive gratitude being sent back in return and so just take a moment here to breathe and I'll just stop talking just for a couple moments. And I just want you to literally just be with your breath. Just be in this place of oneness and just allow yourself to be in this space of gratitude. So go ahead, just breathe here just for just for one moment. beautiful and again just carrying this gratitude with you throughout the rest of the broadcast while you listen to it while you enjoy it while you're inspired by it and gently bring your awareness back to your physical body with your fingers with your toes slowly open your eyes and return your awareness to the space around you beautiful awesome good job everyone thank you again for joining in and yeah let's uh let's get into this discussion so before we do that of course i am joined uh, my mystic spider-man those of most of you know me so we've got kelly lamb who's with us here tonight so kelly you can just wave at them we've got chris as well we've got rachel and we've also got lise and i know we are going to be having uh, a couple other people who are going to be joining us uh, a little bit later in the broadcast as well that will definitely have uh, some very exciting things to be able to add to this topic for those of you who are tuned in on uh, youtube or anywhere right now please feel free to let other people know about this broadcast one way you can do that is by even uh, like taking a screenshot of this with your mobile device and then posting it to Instagram and tagging me in Instagram and tell people to click the link in my profile. That's one way that you can invite people to be able to tune in. But of course, you can even just send people the link directly. So let's get into this. Why are we having this topic? Why is this? Why is this the topic to be had now? So with all the things that are happening in the world, this topic really just came from me just kind of listening to my intuition. UFOs, the UFO phenomena 
has always been a topic that has interested me. You know, I've always just kind of had this curiosity about nature and metaphysics and all of the things that are not easy to explain. And so UFOs was always a big part of that. And with where things are moving right now within the collective of the world, obviously things are happening pretty fast. And if we look at the last six months, there's a lot that's happened. And even a lot of people are kind of feeling into this where it's just like, hmm, you know what? Like something related to UFOs and aliens doesn't even seem that far-fetched at this point. If anything, it's almost expected and therefore should be anticipated. So therefore, a big reason for us being able to have this conversation as a community is what I wanted to be able to bring to invite us into this space to be able to have the opportunity to develop mindsets and and just ideas and start kind of like beginning to see some of the bigger picture um, relative to possible futures that may be on the horizon in which the topic of UFOs could start becoming more mainstream, more mainstream than they even are. And also because this topic in itself is one that is so incredibly interconnected with our shift in consciousness. You cannot talk about the UFO phenomena without it eventually leading you into this deeper understanding of consciousness as a whole and unity consciousness and dimensions and being able to think for ourselves and sovereignty and understanding the different narratives and agendas that the government's got going on and what the actual truth may be behind things and most importantly, our role within it. Because believe it or not, we have a very important role to play within the ongoing story, within the ongoing collective narrative relative to the UFO phenomenon. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just kind of like share some basic ideas and then we're going to start passing the talking stick around for, for a little bit and we'll just kind of let the conversation and the fractal unfold there. And for those of you in the chat, please feel free to add your voice. Let us know. Have you seen a UFO? Are you interested in UFOs? Feel free to leave those comments down in the chat and we'll read. We'll leave those on air together. So uh, just a quick little uh, what I want to just be able to start off with. Um, Speaking of UFO experiences, I have had my own UFO experience, one that was definitely a UFO experience. And even last night, I may have seen a UFO last night. And so part of uh, leading into this discussion that we are having tonight, a lot of the ideas that I'm actually going to be mentioning have been very inspired by a recent documentary that I watched that some of you have probably already seen and I would encourage others to go check it out even after this broadcast. And that documentary is called CE5. So if you type in CE5, the letter C, the letter E, five, and that stands for Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And this is made, this is a project that is made by a guy named Stephen Greer. So Stephen Greer, he's been researching the UFO phenomenon for quite some time. He's had his own UFO uh, experiences growing up back when he was just a teenager in the 70s. So like before, you know, he was just a free thinker. But um, and he talks about this in the documentary and everything like that. And a lot of what he talks about in the documentary is going to kind of be echoed here. Obviously, you know, like it's important to just kind of like even with the documentary. Yeah, well, you know, think for ourselves. Let's everything's information. Um, but even before I go any further, I just want to be able to mention that with the discussion that we're going to have tonight. 
a little bit of like uh like a, a viewer discretion is advised like this topic this discussion that we have tonight may shift your paradigm it may challenge you to be able to think about the way you think of the world um and so if you feel like you know maybe you've got enough things on your plate and you maybe you're just not ready to kind of put your focus there then allow this to just be able to be an invitation that you can just kind of like put off to the side and come back to later you don't have to watch this broadcast now but for those who kind of feel called uh again just be aware that some of the things that we're talking about may kind of like challenge your understanding of reality but in a way that can also be very expansive too so one of the things that <clears throat> one of the things that stephen greer talks about in the documentary and and i'll start with this is this idea that collectively right now we have to be aware that there are multiple narratives that are taking place relative to the ufo agenda uh rel sorry relative like there are multiple narratives taking place relative to the ufo phenomena one of those narratives is a particular agenda that is being played out by like government by like the military and things like that and the reason the way how i can just explain this very simply is basically this idea that <clears throat> the government wants to be able to create this narrative where they are portraying UFOs as being a threat. And there's multiple layers as to why they are doing this. And we'll explain this throughout the broadcast because I want, by the time you're done this, I want you to really be able to kind of like see things in a way where it's like, I get it. I see the bigger picture. And that's what I've been working on. I've really been working on trying to do my best to be able to understand this so that I can do my best to share this understanding so that I can help others understand it as well. And I feel like I got a pretty good understanding of things. Obviously, that doesn't mean I understand everything, but I got a pretty good idea of kind of like foresight on being able to understand where things are going. So one of the first things to be able to uh, understand about UFOs, and I'll just kind of like mention this real quick. We need to be able to understand that a lot of the phenomena related to UFOs, instead of just thinking of the idea that UFOs are, are coming from another planet, like they're literally, you know, like a little green Martian flying from another planet and coming here to Earth. We need to start thinking more so about the understanding that UFOs are more so coming from another dimension. They're not necessarily just coming from another planet. They're literally coming from another dimension or they're coming through dimensional space. And what exactly does that mean? We'll talk a little bit about that as we go. But basically part of the idea behind this, and this is a lot what's explained within the CE5 documentary, is that UFOs are real. They have been here for quite some time and they are again kind of like they are evidence of the fact that there is something more than us there is an advanced civilization or advanced civilizations and they have an interest in us and they have been observing us in some form or another and every now and then they arrive into our reality and they usually, and you'll see this within like the CE5 documentary and we might be able to show some clips later tonight. I'm not exactly sure if the, I'll get it queued up properly, but you'll see this. And this is a lot of the experience within the UFO phenomena where a lot of these UFOs, they'll be like lights in the sky and they'll kind of like phase in and phase out. And it's not like they're literally just turning their light on and off. It's literally, they're kind of like coming out of a dimension and moving into our dimension sort of thing. And some of them aren't even always like fully physically in our dimension. It's kind of like they're half in their dimension and half in our dimension sort of thing. And this is where you can start getting kind of like the weird anomalies and stuff like that. Now, 
based on a lot of the experiences that have taken place over the years and everything like that, one of the things that's incredibly interesting, and then, and again, I'm just going to do my best here and I'm going to pass it over. I just want to be able to like paint the picture because this is why we're having the conversation here. It's not just like, oh, let's just talk about UFOs randomly. It's like, no, let's talk about UFOs so that we can kind of like see the bigger picture of what's happening and be able to see our place within the story. So, and allow me, and thank you for allowing me to practice because, uh, yeah, I'm just going to do my best to be able to explain this and hopefully I can do this in like five minutes. So just give me two seconds here. <clears throat> What's been happening within the UFO narrative is basically this idea that UFOs are part of this idea of an advanced civilization that in itself is not as alien as we think it is, in the sense that this consciousness behind these UFO sightings is still us. It is literally us. And a lot, this is, this is more so an idea. So anything I'm saying here, don't, please don't just take it as fact. If it resonates with you, that's cool. But again, just use discernment and everything like that. One of the ideas that we can understand is that these UFOs are coming from like a civilization that is also consciously evolved and spiritually evolved. I'm not saying every single UFO is, and I'll explain a little bit more about that. But one of the things that's interesting is that they actually have an interest in wanting to be able to help with our, with our evolution of consciousness. That is actually part of the reason why they are here. They are actually here to be able to help assist us in awakening our consciousness. So one of the things that's incredibly amazing about the UFO phenomenon, this is what the CE5 documentary talks about. The CE5 stands for Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. So Close Encounters of the First Kind would be a sighting. Close Encounters of the Second Kind would be some sort of physical residue like a crop circle or, you know, like damage on trees or something like that. Close Encounters of the Third Kind would be like some sort of like interaction with like an actual being. Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind would be a person going on board one of the crafts. Close encounters of the fifth kind is human initiated contact. And so what is actually happening is basically this idea that humans are understanding that what we can do is actually meditate, bring ourselves into a heart mind resonance, and then basically project our consciousness, not even project, but just kind of like attune our consciousness. And then to be able to like basically let the UFOs know that we're like communicating and then to be able to invite the ufos to be able to show themselves to us and this is happening and this has been happening and this is a big part of what stephen greer uh talks about in the ce5 documentary and this is something that he was doing even when he was a teenager uh hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people are doing this world ride right right now this is a big part of the phenomena and so basically what's happening is this idea of like humans are being invited to be able to connect more with a deeper understanding of who they are to be able to bring themselves into this pure-hearted space and in the process of doing that they are also being given the opportunity to be able to establish direct relationships with these more advanced civilizations and in this process people are literally meditating sending out a signal and then ufos are appearing so the objective that we are creating here is to be able to explore the question of what does it mean to develop a relationship with these civilizations? And I'm kind of using the term civilization very broadly, so to speak. And so this is where I'm going to tie it back into kind of like the government thing and, and what the agenda is and to be able to understand where things are going. And then I'm going to pass the talking stick. So the phenomena of UFOs 
is incredibly important because in understanding what it is and understanding that the UFOs are like literally us, like the, the inhabitants. And again, some UFOs can more just be th thought of as like probes and drones, but some of the different ships are literally like, again, they have occupants in them. They have people in them. And those people might not just be like gray, gray aliens. They could be very much just like us. And also some of the ships are also conscious in themselves. The ships are like literally like conscious ships, uh, which is a, a phenomenal thing to think about. But basically what is happening is that humans regardless of the government agenda are help are, are beginning to develop this relationship and as we develop this relationship with ufo phenomena and everything like that it is basically returning us back to our power as sovereign beings with a deeper understanding of like multi-dimensional reality and therefore this this is why the government wants to be able to create this agenda that ufos are a threat the UFOs themselves are not actually the threat. Not from, from the perspective of the government, the real threat is us, is us and our sovereignty, because as we continue to awaken, then that jeopardizes the dominion and the power that they have over the people and that they have with the narrative that they're creating. So like this is when you can start to really understand what's actually happening here, is that the, the, the government and the UFO, like they are like, they are kind of in this effort where they're like holding on, but they can tell that like they're losing their grip. They can tell that people are starting to wake up on their own terms and it's beyond their control. And that's why what is actually part of the reason why I'm having this discussion is because within my intuition and just kind of within logic and observing patterns, I don't think it's too far fetched to predict and assume that within the near future, we're going to start seeing even more media related to this narrative that UFOs are a threat and therefore give the government more power, give the government more dominion, trust the government will take care of you. And if you look at this whole idea, this agenda has been kind of been going all the way back, all the way back, you know, like even going back like shortly after the world wars and everything like that, because that's when they started to become aware of the phenomena. Like that is like when the government really started getting interested in this because they're just like, yo, we don't have control of these things. And this is like not cool for us because we're like the, the, the government and the, like the military, it's very much kind of like this like male kind of like dominance, like very egoic. It's like, oh, we have to have power. We have to have power. And therefore, when there's something that shows up on the scene that they don't have power over, they get freaked out about it. They get freaked out about it, not just because they don't understand what it is, but because the concept of it once you kind of get to the layers of understanding that these ufos they're not just like little green alien men and everything like that but it's actually more about like the awakening of consciousness and so if people were to understand the true story of the ufo phenomena it will awaken our consciousness and that is why this narrative is being propagated so what i'm actually anticipating and we're already seeing this is more of this narrative of the ufo agenda being a threat and therefore, um, what we're actually going to see, and this is where it gets interesting, where like a lot of the stuff that's happening right now, we're observing this. We're observing this idea of like, you know, like racial division, division, us and the other and everything like that. It's happening with BLM and everything like that. We're actually going to see it in a similar level related to us and aliens. Like, it's like, and, and I'm not trying to like, like make light of anything, but just 
keep that in mind that that could actually happen in the future where there's going to be some sort of division where some people are going to be like screw aliens they're the threat like stupid aliens are stupid they just because that's the narrative that we've created with it and again you look at like the programming that's been taking place within hollywood movies right every the majority of hollywood movies are about this idea that aliens are a threat and they're the enemy of mankind and they're out to get us and they don't i mean there are other movies that do actually have like a lot of like very benevolent themes related to aliens um, but the majority of it is this idea that aliens are a threat and so it's going to be up to us to be able to create a parallel narrative um, that is within our own power that is something that is going to be able to like bring us back to this higher degree of spiritual awareness and that's the thing the understanding of the ufo phenomenon is actually just one wave in a bigger process of pulling back the veil like once the idea of the ufo starts to get understood more within the community and we can actually start having these experiences where we're meditating and they're starting to show up and we're starting to like kind of develop this relationship and again this relationship is not just happening just as lights in the sky this relationship is also happening within our dreams you know it's happening in meditation it's happening in dream space and that's this idea is that like we have to start thinking about the ufo phenomena and other entities and other things like that as being more multi-dimensional like like the concept of the ufo phenomena doesn't even require this idea of, of thinking that like things are flying through space and stuff like that um, but again, as the UFO phenomena starts to get revealed, it will also bring into question deeper levels uh, of the pulling back of the veil of starting to understand, of starting to really question, like, what is this reality? What is this reality? Like really on a deep level, on a deep metaphysical level. And this is where it starts to get into some really shifty stuff. And I want to just be able to like, kind of like, without even saying everything that's on my mind, because I think there's kind of steps to this, I would encourage people to just kind of like get into this place to be able to kind of like understand that everything that they think they know could like, like be prepared to let go of the idea that everything that you think you know is what it is sort of thing, because it might not be. And I'm not going to say what it is or it isn't, but just be aware of that, that a lot of the stories, a lot of the narratives related to UFOs and things related to that, there could be something more to it. And the something more to it is not actually scary. It's actually so freaking magical. It's, it's even more magical than the narrative that we've been told. And again, the, the magic of this narrative actually brings it back to this understanding that we are multidimensional beings, that we are these like these beings and uh, like connected to the cosmos and stuff like that. So I'm just going to wrap it up here. But again, what I'm foreseeing is this possibility. And, and literally, I'll say it now just case, in case it happens. I'm literally imagining this narrative of like, you know, artificial like well i don't know it could be real ufos but it could be fake ufos but either way it doesn't matter but i'm imagining this image and you could like i don't know like you could picture this with me too of like three triangle lights floating above the white house with and just sitting there in enough time where like people on the news actually get to film this and then it starts showing up on the news but it, but then the lights disappear and then it's just kind of ambiguous and there's no clear answer and then from there it's going to be a lot of speculation and then people are going to start kind of like and then that's what you're going to see you're going to start seeing some people use that to start spinning fear and with that fear they're going to try and gain control and so this is the this is my like intuition just kind of like saying and this isn't me being like a tinfoil hatter i'm just like that doesn't seem that far-fetched so we have to kind of anticipate that that 
type of reality could be on the horizon where something's going to happen within the mainstream that's going to put ufos like in the mainstream and then within that we have to be aware of how the narratives are being spun and be aware of how they're being spun towards this idea that they're being a threat because this is why the ufo documents have been declassified um because they know that the information's out there even going back to like uh stephen greer's first documentary unacknowledged they know the public is becoming aware so rather than just saying ufos don't exist instead they are admitting that they do exist but they're also spinning it with this narrative that they might be a threat so what will we do once the ufos show up over the white house and it shows up on the news and other people start talking about it how will we as individuals and conscious community help anchor ourselves into a grounded heart-centered place to be able to construct this narrative of understanding that like we actually have this incredible opportunity to to literally like right now we can start putting our focus on developing a relationship with these advanced civilizations right here and now and I know that sounds like something crazy out of a sci-fi movie, but this is the last thing I'll mention here. And drop an 11.11 if this painted, if this is kind of like giving you a, a bit, a, an understanding of the overview of why this conversation is important. The other reason why this UFO phenomenon is important relative to the shift in consciousness, and I'll put this quite simply, is because direct experiences that people have with the UFO phenomenon has the power to open their hearts and to awaken their consciousness and to transform their lives and to empower them in a very, very powerful way. And so this is why, like, like imagine, imagine like, you know, just like regular people start understanding that the UFO phenomenon is here and that there is a benevolence to it. And there's actually a bigger story that we'll start getting into. But this is the thing that happens when you get some people who just like, didn't even really know if they believed in ufos and then they finally see one and it awakens their consciousness it literally awakens their consciousness they're just like holy crap there's more to this reality something sparks in them and even it's the feeling it's the feeling that stays with them and if you look at it this is why i think the ufo phenomena has been taking place over these past many many years it's literally been taking place like like the occupants of these ufos or the drones they've literally like their agenda is to help awaken consciousness and so that's why like they'll literally show up and they'll show up and they'll reveal themselves to certain people at certain time when they're ready to be able to see it and every single person that sees it, it like plants a seed and it does something. It sparks something within them. So you have to understand that like we're here on earth right now. And then like in these other dimensions and these, and when I say dimensions, it's like, it's not like it's like a dimension where it's like, like hard, like it's like nebulous and hard to imagine. Like that dimension could literally just be like, like imagine earth is like a bubble. Imagine earth is like a marble and earth is one dimension. And now imagine they have another bubble and that's their dimension, but their dimension also has like a 3D density to it as well. And they're literally just like traveling from their bubble to our bubble. And it's not through space, it's literally through like quantum stuff. It's quantum entanglement sort of thing. And so like kind of like when you kind of like understand that, um, it just kind of like helps paint the picture of things. And the other thing is, um, and this is where it starts to get interesting, is that from where they are to where they're able to kind of like interface with us, time is different to them. Like they can almost, this is more so a theory, they can actually kind of like jump into our reality and almost like pick the time that they want to show up. 
So they could literally like, like imagine you're the person in that other bubble right now. And imagine it's like you and your dad and you've got like a UFO or something. Like, I don't know, this is where it gets weird and it's hard for us to comprehend. Like are UFOs literally just like cars in their dimension and there's like different models and makes and stuff like that and people buy and sell them or something? I don't know, kind of maybe, but this would explain the variety of the different U UFOs and styles and shapes and everything like that. But imagine you're like, get in your vehicle and be like, okay, let's like go like check out Egypt. And then you just go back to Egypt at that time. And then that's where you start getting this idea that like some of the UFOs, it's almost like they're like tourists. And this is where you start getting into those weird ideas of like, whoa, like, are we like, are we like, is earth like a zoo? Like, are we like, you know, like, are they just like kind of like looking at us or something? And that's not to make, make it like kind of like really creepy or something like that. Um, but again, it's just kind of more so painting the picture of what they're capable. And from this other dimension, they can literally arrive at different space um, and time. And so this is why when you're meditating, you can literally send out this signal and the signal, and that's the thing, we need to start, we need to, this is, this is more so my idea. Don't focus so much on this idea of them being out there. Like, I think we need to change that. I think we've created this narrative where we have this idea of like constantly looking out and, and that's, and that's, and if you look at it, this narrative has actually been kind of depressing because it's like, we look, we look out and we're not finding anything. It's like, oh, we're alone. We're alone. And, and this has been a narrative that's kind of been propagated by, 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 you know, some forms of media and everything like that. But instead of looking out, understand that we're actually looking in. And that's where you connect with them. That's where you connect with them. When you're meditating, it's not like you're projecting your signal like all the way across the galaxy. You're projecting it inwards. And it's within this process of projecting it inwards that you're kind of connecting to them. And we'll explain more about the protocol, but it's basically like, and Stephen Greer talks about this, where you kind of like give them directions. It's like you kind of like zoom in on yourself almost as if it's Google map and you're like, okay, I'm here. I am benevolent. I'm in my heart space. I am of pure heart. I'm here to develop a relationship with like higher, you know, dimensional civilizations. If you choose to, please feel free to show yourself to me. And they do. They freaking do. And like, this is the thing. This is the thing that's actually being experienced. And literally, and, and I said this last night, like, I'll just say this. And again, I know I'm talking, but again, I just hope what I'm talking, it just helps create the, like the, the context for all the other stuff that comes out of this. Cause I'm saying this, not just cause I'm trying to babble on, but cause I'm trying to like get us into um, a common understanding. Cause this understanding it's taken me, it's taken me a while to just kind of formulate this. Um, but, it, but I can feel it so clearly now. And one of the sightings that I saw when I was younger, I mentioned this in the TikTok video, it was like a triangle light and it was like a, a, a three lights that kind of appeared and then it kind of appeared over top of me and phased out. For a while, literally up until a few days ago, I, I was under the, the more so the impression that that was most likely government. Now I'm starting to think that it might not have been, that it might have actually been more so kind of like the, like from, like it wasn't, it wasn't decloaking. It was actually like phasing into a dimension. And if that's the case, then what I actually saw could have been like from these like higher civilizations. Um, but at the same time, this is a part of the, the narrative to understand are, there are man-made UFOs, like government has literally shot down UFOs intentionally. Like imagine you're just like flying through earth, like again, kind of like a tourist. And then suddenly the government's like chasing you and shooting you down. Like, yo, that would suck but they're shooting down UFOs and then they're taking the technology and the reverse engineering the technology. This has been happening. This is like secret programs and stuff like that. This has been happening for years. And then 
Um, and then so like some of the UFOs that we're seeing are man-made, but a lot of them aren't. A lot of them, again, like they exist in different forms. Some of them are just like pure light. They're like pure consciousness. Um, but some of them have different shapes and, and different forms and everything like that. So I think what I saw, even though for a while I'm like, yeah, I think that was just one of the government triangle ships. I'm starting to think that it might not have been. Um, and then what happened last night, literally after watching the C CE5 documentary, where it was literally just like, yeah, you know, like, go out, meditate on the night sky, bring yourself to a pure heart, pure intention, send out the signal and be there and like sit for 30 minutes and meditate, kind of like calibrate and see what happens. And last night I was doing this and I saw something to my surprise. And it was literally only for five seconds. I was kind of sitting there, but I 100% saw a white dot move like perpendicular and then it disappeared. And satellites don't do that. Satellites don't just disappear. And I checked and there was no clouds. And so even in that moment, I was just kind of like, huh? Like I wasn't like, oh my God, that was it. That was it. That was it. Because it was almost just like, it was like, it was so subtle that it was just like, was that it? And then a part of me is just like, can I get a little more? Like, can, can you can you just like, you know, just just do a little flyby real quick or something like that? But even in that moment, I'm like, maybe that was maybe maybe that was something. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just debris in the atmosphere or something like that. I don't know for sure, and that's part of the reason why I'm not like getting overly excited about it. But something happened. Something happened. Literally just within me practicing that last night. And fortunately, like I, with my new apartment, I literally live like on a balcony and I can look out and see the sky. And now I'm just feeling this call where I'm like, okay, what is going to be important to me is now we are at the point where it's not just about the podcast. It's not just about the videos. It's not just about the documentaries. We are at the point right now where we have the opportunity to begin inviting in direct experience. We have the opportunity where we can actually, anybody here could practice this. And again, the, the main thing though, is like being in that vibration of like love, like that, that's actually it. Like that's actually the trick. So this is where like, even within the morning meditations that we've been doing, whether we've known it or not, every person that's been taking part of these meditations and every person that's been doing their own practice, we've actually been preparing ourselves for this by getting good at dropping into that meditative state, dropping into that heart mind uh, coherence. We've actually been getting ourselves prepared to be able to be in a place where we can actually make like telepathic contact with these higher ultra advanced technology civilizations and to be able to invite them into our experience. And again, we have to understand that like these civilizations, like they are literally like billions, billions of years old, billions of years older. And once you really start to understand a little bit more about what they are, it starts to tie in with other things. And for those of you who start kind of like, who have kind of like dabbled in the whole idea of like simulation theory and stuff like that, I'll just kind of like sprinkle that there because it's not unrelated. And even the whole concept of dreams and psychedelics and everything like that, they all tie in, they all tie in. And so again, even if we don't know exactly what the bigger story is, I can promise you that the bigger story is incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly magical. It's incredibly empowering. And that is why I'm having this discussion to be able to invite us to be able to start connecting the dots, to start seeing the bigger picture and for us to see our power. Because again, that is, that is what the government is, is afraid of. They're not actually afraid of, they are less afraid of the UFOs than they are of losing their power 
and losing their dominion over people because people are waking up and they lose their power when we stop unconsciously giving them our power that's the trick and once we become conscious of that we'll be aware of that and then that's when things will start to shift and they've been holding on to this power for so long but they're part of the bigger story too but yeah now is the time where it's like it is a revolution and the ufo phenomena and the occupants and the beings and the consciousness they are on our side like this is this is the next wave of the revolution it is like this like interdimensional revolution and it's and it's it's consciousness it's inside so that's why i'm having this conversation i i know that took me a while to explain please drop an 11 11 if you're just like yo like this resonates and what i said makes sense um please let me know if anything like doesn't make sense or anything like that but again it's taken me a while to kind of like really bring myself to a place where i'm like whoa like i can understand it i can see it and i can see where this is going and that's where again we're having this conversation because i want us to almost run the simulation in our head of what happens in three weeks from now when ufos start showing up on the news what what role are we going to play within that story and how are we going to help create this new narrative that is anchored around benevolence and love and to be able to see the brotherly connection, the kin between ourselves and these beings, because they are us. They are literally us, so to speak. So awesome. All right. I'm glad what I shared with you, like slightly shifted your paradigms, because again, the more people that we can kind of have within this understanding, um, the more we can kind of prepare ourselves for the future, the more we can kind of anchor in these energies, the more we can show up for our friends. And again, like this is, we're at the point where, like I said, this isn't just talk anymore. Like this is action. Like this, this is, we're at the point where like everything that we've been doing up to this point is like calling us into action. And so let us continue that. What will it look like as we continue to develop that relationship with these higher, higher conscious dimensional civilizations, whatever we're calling them. So awesome. All right. Okay. I'm going to pass a talking sticker around. Thank you again. I know that was like literally me talking for like 40 minutes or something like that. Um, but I'm glad I was able to share that. And again, I encourage everyone to watch the CE5 documentary. Uh, it kind of goes into what I said there, but it gives you just more things. And it shows you lots of videos and images and pictures. The amount of UFO sightings that are online and everywhere, they're so common and they're going to start becoming common. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe some of us will start uh, start seeing them ourselves soon enough so all right okay i'm gonna pass the talking stick give me a hands up for whoever wants to be able to jump in with uh something that they want to be able to add into the discussion and thank you guys so much uh for your patience as well and uh looks like uh looks like neil's joining uh right now and uh oh i wish neil was able to listen to have heard what i just said all of before but uh nonetheless did you hear what i was just talking about neil okay cool Okay, cool, cool. All right, well, um, if if, uh, if you guys are cool, I wouldn't mind passing it to Neil because I know he has to jump out uh, at some point. Um, but are you guys okay with that? Yeah? Okay, because Neil actually, like, is of... of you know, of all the amazing people that we get to have in the community and on the discussion, uh, I'm, I'm super, super blessed to be able to have Neil here. Uh, one of the reasons is because what we're talking about is actually like something that Neil is already familiar with. Um, he has actually worked with Dr. Stephen Greer. He's helped him with past events. He's been to CE5 events as well. And uh, so, yeah, Neil, I'll pass it over to you and and, and maybe even just, you know, let me know if, if, if things I were explaining, if, if you felt 
you know need some clarification or some more details or what do we need to know about what do you feel we're kind of moving into so neil passing over to you dude go right ahead man and thank you so much for joining for sure bro thank you man yeah everything you're saying was really on point and it's it's truly about making this information practical and having people understand that this is a real phenomenon and taking it out of you know just the spiritual community for a long time um, you know, some people used to ask me, what, what does meditation and spirituality have to do with UFOs and extraterrestrials? And unless you're really in this community and, you know, have gone on this journey and then connected with, you know, interdimensional beings or know about the concept of it all and be introduced to it, you don't realize how hand in hand this is all connected. It's really a consciousness game. But more than that, it's actually a vibratory, a vibratory state of being. The reason why we aren't able to connect and communicate on a one-on-one -on -one level all the time with ETs is because our frequencies are not the same. We're sh they're shifting in different frequencies. There are some people that say that there are UFOs all around us, like Earth is the largest light show in the universe right now, and that many species have donated their DNA to our planet in order to see how their DNA evolves and interacts with other types of beings. And therefore, there are beings everywhere, interdimensional beings, um, people out of um, beings that are shifted out of reality, observing us, perceiving us, experimenting on us, um, observing the way we evolve and, and how we're connected to their race. So we are the largest light show in the universe right now. And there are many planets from um, speaking to Dr. Gray and other people. There are a lot of planets, and Bashar talks about this as well, but there's only one or two races, actually just a couple of races, especially ones that exist in higher dimensions of existence where we aren't such physical beings in this third-dimensional reality. And when they exist in those realities, they only interact with a few different races. But if you look at Earth and our experience here, what do you see? Like we have, we can't even really count how many species we have. You know, just by burning an area of the rainforest, you kill like hundreds or countless numbers of species. There are so many uh, extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, ultra-terrestrials, all types of beings that have donated their genetic code to this planet in order for us to evolve and flourish. And the paradox is, from my understanding, is that we are actually their ancestors, that not only have these beings come back, you know, technically in our reality is time traveling, but for them, it's just a frequency shift. Not only have they come back in order to see this planet, but we are actually going to become them in the future. There are people like uh, Lisa Royale, who wrote this book called The Prism of Lyra, which I highly recommend. 120-page book. It's online, channeled book, and it talks about our galactic origins. And in this book, she talks about how uh, there were basically, there was one star system that was inhabited by humans, and it was the Lyran constellation towards the center of our galaxy that existed in very high dimension. And over millennia and millennia, this species kept fragmenting and fragmenting and fragmenting until they basically inhabited the whole entire galaxy. You know, they became the Arcturians, the Syrians, the Reptilians, the gray aliens that we know on all types of planets in all types of dimensions until ultimately they came to Earth and seeded Earth with a few other races. But what they actually did was is seed their ancestors that in our future, thousands, um, you know, millions of years from now, we actually evolve, go out into space, and then we become the ones that seeded us. So the whole galactic picture is so much deeper than most may realize and right now is just an opportunity just over the last four or five years really um, government the pentagon the navy um, the air force have all been validating things that we knew for quite some time and just like around three years ago i, I was 
um, I think it was four years ago when Tom DeLong came out with his Twitter live stream um, with a few members that used to be part of the CIA, the NSA, NASA, and they basically disclosed that this whole phenomena is real. And that was a huge validation for people that they started realizing that, um, you know, we've been saying this and kind of it's been in the conspiracy community for so long, but now it's actually being validated that this is a reality. But then the question is, what is the agenda behind this? If you look at if you look at a lot of people coming from the military industrial complex and what they're saying to us, you can really hear that most of what they're talking about when it comes to ETs is the craft that they're in, uh, what kind of technology they're using, and what we can do with this technology once we harness it. But the real question is, who are these beings? Who, who, is, who are behind these um, craft and why are they here in the first place? And what is their in intention and what is the agenda? Maybe there's thousands of agendas. Maybe there's thousands of beings that are visiting us. These are the questions that I think we're going to be addressing very soon. Uh, right now, the ones that have an agenda and control, if you want to call it drip disclosure, and drip disclosure is, you know, coming up with disclosure in your own way with your own narrative in order to release pieces of information that you want the public to know so that you can control the way the information comes out because when it does come out you want to be able to have control of the the world after that and there's been a lot of lies a lot of manipulation a lot of cover-up that is now being disclosed you can go to the cia's website you can type in ufo on the cia's own search engine and you'll go to the archives of many different things that are related to ufos you can even type in the word interdimensional on CIA's website, and there'll be at least three projects where you'll come up with some sort of experimentation with interdimensional beings. You can type in FBI and UFO documents on Google, and the first thing you'll see is the FBI's own website subpage dedicated to all the declassified UFO documents. And if you take any, any time to read this stuff, your mind will be blown, right? Like one of the projects, for example, the CIA project, um, the CIA project in which they were actually remote viewing, the CIA had hired a remote viewer to remote view Mars. And for those who don't know what remote viewing is, it's basically transferring your consciousness to another reality or another place in time or actual physical place within your own reality and perceiving how it is. So, and what is around there. So this remote viewer was actually paid by the CIA to remote view Mars 2 million years ago. And it's a, script a back and forth script between this individual and the cia agent going back and forth remote viewing and the and the uh, remote viewer actually coming up with all this information that they were writing down that he was finding and he was talking about pyramids um, skeletons of giants you know and different beings that existed there so this is what they're actually dealing with there's a reason why they're investing time and money into it when we heard the whole thing with tom DeLong, which is completely agenda oriented when he came out with his information it was very much um, a stepping stone in the right direction because it backfired on them. They may have come out with a specific agenda, but I feel the thing that backfired is that all they did was just inform more people that this is a reality. And a simple Google search of these terms leads you to people like you know Stephen Greer, Mary Rodwell, uh, James Gilliland, many people that have been in this for a while that have been exposing this stuff. So you know, six, seven years ago, if you went up to someone and you just said, hey, UFOs exist, you know, maybe they would still think you were a little like off or like maybe like, you know, I don't know, I don't really believe about that stuff. I guess the universe is a big place, but we don't have any evidence and proof. But now it seems like every single month there is something new that is coming out. And the reason why this is coming out, you know, we can only speculate why they're releasing it in the way they're releasing it now, what the end game is. 
Some say that they're trying to use Project Bluebeam in order to um, do a fake alien invasion. Um, some people say that the truth is basically so huge and so hardcore right now and come out on so many levels that they need to grab hold of it and come out in their own way so that they don't get in trouble. Because what would you do when you find out that, you know, ever since the 40s, if not even earlier in the 30s, or if not even earlier in the late 1800s, where there was a UFO crash in Texas, and there's evidence and even a gravestone of where the local people actually buried that ET, right? And this is all documented on the CIA's own website, right? When you start finding that they've known about this for so long, but they've been lying to you, and then you discover that they have technology that they reverse engineered that they've been using against you and other people in the world, are you going to be happy about it or are you going to have some more questions? So this is the kind of um, situation that we all find ourselves in right now. And I'm pretty hopeful that it's going to come out. Full disclosure is a term that people use a lot in order to release all information at once. I believe in full disclosure, but I also believe that there are some people that are really won't be able to handle the gravity of the conspiracy when it comes to the UFOs and what's been happening with it. But even the further than that, is really the galactic origins. You know, it's one thing to know that your government's been lying to you. We all can, nine out of 10 people will probably say to you that governments lie, not 10 out of 10. But it's another thing to know that these beings actually have some sort of connection to our own DNA and maybe humankind didn't even originate on this planet, right? And this is not just based on speculation or new age woo-woo information here. This is actually documented information that are coming from all types of governments. For example, the Minister of Defense in China was in Washington, D.C. at a hearing, um, the citizens hearing on disclosure that I think took place around six years ago now, if not more, saying to, to ex-Congress members and Senate members, because they basically paid $5,000 each to ex-Congress members and ex-Senators in order to sit with them for a few weeks on end to hear all this information, he said that the Chinese government, Minister of Defense in China, has DNA evidence to suggest that the Chinese people come from a reptilian type species that have connections to a dragon race from our solar, from our own galaxy. You know, you can even look it up. You type in Chinese minister, you, um, UFO, citizens hearing, you'll, you'll see the transcript, right? Where you can look up the video on YouTube. So these officials are coming out not just to lose their credibility over nothing. It's because they are finding a lot of truths. Some people even say the only thing that opposing world powers and competing, uh, competing world powers such as Russia and the U.S. have got along with for decades now is the fact that need, they need to cover up the truth of the extraterrestrial presence. It's like the one thing that unites them all. And it's also such an important topic because it can change the way we think about religion. It can change the way we think about ourselves. It can change the fact that we have amnesia. And we don't even remember our past lives and where we came from, right? So many things are involved in this that it only makes sense that it could be one of the biggest um, industries, communities, um, topics that are the most infiltrated in the entire world. Because if this came out in any way that isn't what they want to, the system that we know could collapse. You know, certain people could leave specific religions. If a UFO landed and we see an ET um, coming down here, well, other religions think of it as their prophet and their messiah. So there is a, a lot happening now. All I know is that the powers that be were or whatever, including the Vatican and many other organizations all over the planet are prepping for something and releasing statements in relation to extraterrestrials and the fact that they could exist because something is going to happen. I do believe that we're going to have disclosure within our own lifetimes. Um, how it's going to happen, who's going to do it, 
if it's going to be uh, from like the masses and a disclosure from the people or if it's going to be disclosure from the government, I don't know. But I do lean towards the fact that most ETs don't really care about governments because it's not a hierarchical structure. Most interdimensional beings that are benevolent that actually want to contribute to our consciousness are already communicating with us. Some of them are actually visiting people through CE5. There are testimonies from a lot of people down in South America, including Chile and Peru, in which people are actually interacting with these beings on a physical level now. So I think that contact, first contact is going to happen through communication, through consciousness, through telepathy. And then second level of conscious um, contact will be open contact, but it will probably be with small groups, not like it doesn't have to be with the government. But I really, I really don't know. Like they, I'm open to everything and anything. Like I feel that they could land on the UF, like White House lawn if they really want to make a statement, you know. But are we ready for that? Will our governments um, be open to that coming? Will Will it be weaponized? Will they be looked at as the other? Will we find someone else to hate so we can join the world collectively, like one of the past presidents have said? These are all questions that we need to address, and which is why, leading, you know, circling it back to the beginning of this topic, which is why consciousness and contact goes hand in hand, which is why meditation and frequency goes hand in hand with ETs and disclosure, because it's not just about a nuts and bolts UFO kind of thing about these beings exist and what technology are they using and how can we use it to better our experience on earth, but it's how do we even connect with these beings that vibrate at a frequency that we're not quite at yet. Are we at the frequency where we'll still create destruction and have an ego, have jealousy, have all types of things um, that come up for us that we can't even contact and communicate with these beings from a place of love? Is that why they're not even con communicating with us now? Is that why we were in quarantine this whole entire time? Because we weren't at the conscious level to even interact with these beings? And if that's the case, what we really need to do is work on ourselves individually. And this is how self-empowerment and spirituality and consciousness has everything to do with disclosure, right? So why does, what do, what does meditation, um, sound and vibration frequency, eating well and all this stuff have to do with UFOs. If you want to see that reality, you need to match that frequency. So how do we match that frequency? You know, you do all the things in order to increase your vibration, to empower yourself, to release traumas from past lives, and not to forget the childhood mommy daddy issues that we all have that literally act out every single day because we have been in this world, we've been raised unconsciously so much so that we have too much trauma in even to, to interact with these beings, right? So what we're going to do now, what Portal to Sense is about, what Brendan's about, what everybody on here really is about, is providing the tools of empowerment so that we can create a world where open contact is inevitable, right? So I feel that's the world that we're creating, and uh, we just got to keep moving forward. And documentaries like Stephen Greer's one are just stepping stones into the right direction. Awesome. Neil, thank you so much, man. I'm, I I know we could just like keep diving into this and, and just talk for hours on this. Um, what's your time frame like? Do you have to head out at some point? I got I got like forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. Okay, yeah, because I mean there there is some stuff that I'd love to be able to just like ask you specifically about, but again, I just want to be able to yeah go around. Uh, I'll be I'll pass be the talk out. Instagram. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so for anybody else, Lise, did you want to jump in next if you're heading out soon? Um, yeah, it was. I, I wanted to pick up on a a couple of threads from well like drawing on like your introduction and then also just touching on on what neil said as well um just because there were a few 
words there that kind of um, triggered a thought process for me, uh, just in terms of the way that you guys are describing like contact and communication um, and tools for that through um, through meditation and um, as one example but what it's kind of bringing up for me is this um, reminder of uh, essentially like shamanic practice whether or not it's working in tandem with plant medicine um, historically there has been um, a documentation um, although it's been through like oral tradition um, not so much through a kind of like academic written um, uh, process of uh, basically a, a communication with I'm going to I'll use the word entity because um, that's kind of quite a broad term really um, but does allude to this like quality of an energy beyond the self like a perceivable energy that is like somehow we can make contact and connection with um through an, an internal um space but is kind of large enough and uh has more qualities that are different for us to be able to discern that it's it's without out with us if that makes sense so um in in like those relationships that are really grounded in um a kind of like an earth medicine uh, and working with the elements and the directions and um spirit animals and um plants as a guide there has always been reference to um, an other as well, uh, not not just like an all-pervading kind of consciousness, but um, there's a lot of reference to that in uh, like curandismo art um, and lots of really amazing imagery, which kind of makes reference almost to this like idea of um, traveling you know between dimensions so you mentioned like this really cool imagery of like moving between the veils um as it were and like moving between like bubbles and worlds so this idea of like the the shamanic journey really taps into that capability um where there's a possibility to interact with all these different strands um, but it's kind of like the role of the channel is to like bring it back into um, like an earth-based perspective so that all of these pieces of information that have been picked up on during that process of like receptivity and essentially uh, dialogue and exchange um, can kind of come back into like a a grounded context that makes sense for for the space and and for the community um so that's where the whole like notion of uh, like the telepathic communication and this idea of uh, like having energetic downloads um really comes into play and you mentioned uh, earlier about 
the different realms and spaces in which that's possible. So um, I didn't make the last broadcast on um, kind of like lucid dreaming, but definitely the the dream space um, is um, a hugely potent, powerful um, arena and playground, if you like, to be able to actually move into um, a more open and receptive space where that can actually be about play and about kind of uh, how, oh my God, I need my battery's gonna die. Hold on, <laughs> plug in the computer. Um, sorry guys, that was bad planning on my part. No problems. Um, yeah, so like moving into the dream space is definitely for me, at least from from my like one very poignant experience, um, been like an amazing way to make okay, we've got power, um, to make that kind of contact and to make um, yeah, like come into a space like you keep mentioning benevolence and holding like a, a quality in the heart space, which I think is obviously so important in being able to like move forward with progressive dialogues which are essentially like self-reflexive um because any information that we're going uh at seeking um in that outward space is like coming back to this mirroring quality where we're trying to find new tools, new informations, new medicines, new practices, um, things to support us, uh, things to help us problem solve, um, ways to uh, evolve technology and capability. And obviously something that's like hugely on people's minds right now and is like really a pressing issue is the sustainability aspect. So um yeah i i do feel quite often i will go into uh like a pre sleep space um with the intention of like uh entering into lucid dream state and so much of that is actually about uh i have i have a problem in mind or i have i have some information that i'm kind of trying to uh, seek clarity on and I don't necessarily make discriminations about where I'm going to find that information like the, the more open I can be um, the the more receptive I am to uh, realms and dimensions beyond what I could uh, perceive on a, like a theoretical or logical framework it kind of goes without saying that um, yeah all that we can do as Neil mentioned to kind of refine um, and crystallize our uh, our vessel um, like our ability to really connect on an intuitive level with being able to decipher um, these bits of information through whatever means we choose to journey into um, like a another layer um, of consciousness then you know we're going to be able to over time allow these things to unpack um, because I think quite often we get like a big 
a big download of information um, when sitting in meditation through like a visual prompt or um, in our daydream space it can be like a more passive experience um, so I, I would say it's like for me just the openness and curiosity with the um, with with uh, I think you mentioned actually Brendan like um, pure intent or something along those lines and it was it was something that someone else mentioned the other day they used the words innocent intent which really resonated um, they were actually talking about like dowsing and using crystals but I think it applies laterally to everything um, if if we're approaching um, like the journey or the um the exploration to like the the far realms of of the cosmos like doing so with innocent intent definitely opens us up to um beautiful experiences that um have the opportunity to teach us a lot um so yeah i'm, I'm gonna tie those threads together um there and I don't have too much more to say on that but um yeah I, I keep coming back to the idea of of the shamanic journey because um it makes sense to me in that I can practice uh ritual and ceremony in very physical practical tangible ways on the earth um but the uh extent to which those have ripples um and effects beyond the physical space um there's a lot to be said for that so uh the more the more we can ritualize and um find kind of uh solidity in in our approaches the stronger and more resilient we become i think as as vessels for for information um, and contact, I suppose, mm. yeah. Cool, awesome, beautiful. Lise, thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, again, like that's, I, with this topic, like again, that's the thing, like I think the topic of UFOs is undeniably like connected with all of these other like threads within like this bigger discussion related to spirituality and consciousness and, and, and absolutely again in, in the context of like you know like preparing to be able to like develop relationship and contact and things like that like absolutely yeah it's it's happening in the dream space it's happening in meditative space it's happening through psychedelic experiences and, and i mean that in itself you know like for people who talk about meeting other entities on dmt and the self-transforming machine elves like are the are, are they like are they involved with the ufo phenomenon like are they do they like are, are, are is it separate are, are they in the same space are we going to their bubble when we do dmt and see the self-transforming machine elves and then are the self-transforming machine elves the ones flying the transforming ufos and stuff like that again it's a lot of the mystery but undeniably like i think once we kind of start to understand that the the entities the ufos again it's much more multi-dimensional than we realize that we realize that yeah it's like we're the contact is happening on many fronts um one thing that you just said real quick and then Chris, did you want to go next? Did you have your hand up? Yeah. Um, and, and again, uh, just kind of, I, I know it's super easy to just kind of like dive into several of the topics that branch from this. We'll just kind of 
I, and even within this topic, like it's specifically like UFOs and the shift in consciousness. In the past, we did one where it's like UFOs and aliens and the shift in consciousness. I encourage you guys to talk about what comes through in your heart, but we'll just try and keep it like centralized to a degree around the UFO stuff um, just to be able to like, because otherwise I know it's super easy to just kind of like go off. But one of the things that I was going to say that I was thinking um, what you were saying, Lise, when you were talking about the Druids is just kind of like visualizing and imagining how this would have been a part of their experience then you know like like imagine like a, a druid like back in the day like in the in the highlands and stuff like that who's to say they weren't like sitting on a hill doing sound mantras and like literally experiencing these phenomenons where like lights would appear in the sky and start like responding and interacting and telepathically communicating and things like that the ufo phenomenon is not something that just recently popped up we have to assume that in the same way it's here right now those same experiences have literally existed throughout all the eons and i think if you actually look throughout the history you actually see this consistently you actually see that every single every single culture has some form of ufo sighting and the ufo sightings are relatively similar they vary they kind of have different versions and everything like that but nonetheless it's some sort of object or light in the sky and it kind of appears and they don't really you know maybe it kind of appears disappears but then every now and then you you also get the the encounters where it's like literally they like land and they interact and and you know they they meet the people on the craft and stuff like that and and even the beings on the craft, like they are like kind of, again, like they're not always physical. They're not always physically here, um, so to speak. And, and the other thing, I'll just mention this real quick, but we'll talk more about it later, um, is the, the crop circle phenomena, which is obviously connected with this. And I think the crop circle phenomena actually supports this idea that the, U that the inhabitants of the UFO, the civilization related to them, the individuals who are related to them, are actually here to be able to help evolve our consciousness because if you look at the crop circles that have appeared over the past like 20 30 years it's interesting because the crop circles only started appearing more so once we were able to start documenting them they didn't just appear like back in the day when no one was flying planes they started appearing once we were able to see them and if you look at the symbolism of crop circles all of it is like sacred geometry and higher conscious symbolism and so when you think about it, it's almost as if the, the beings that are creating these crop circles, they're like artists. Like they're literally like creating an image and they're like, yo, like this is something important. This is something that means something to us. And then they like project it. And, and again, they, they interface with, uh, with the material crop to be able to create an image. So they found kind of like this loophole where they can like indirectly communicate with us. Um, because I think there probably is some sort of protocol where, and this is just kind of like, I, I don't know for sure, but I just feel like wherever they're coming from, if they have their own civilization or something, maybe they have a protocol where like, yeah, you can go visit earth and your UFOs, but like, but don't interact with them in a way that like breaks the rules. Like maybe they have their own laws, like space laws and stuff like that. So if you like get in a UFO and you come to earth and then you get in there and then you like start interacting, like that might be against like some sort of rules that they, again, I don't know. I don't know, but it seems like they definitely have their own protocol where they're kind of like, they want us to do it on their own, but they're still interacting in a way that's kind of passive. 
And for those who have like the, the perception to see it is like quite literal and explicit at the same time. Anyways, okay, I guess I did just talk a little bit about crop circles, but Chris, I'll pass it over to you, dude. Um, I know you have a lot to say on this as well, so go right ahead. Thank you again, Lise. Yeah, um, wow. Like, I just feel like you know, so much information has been shared and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, I, 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 I'm like working on just developing like, you know, my patience more and like being able to, cause like, I feel like sometimes like I latch on to like, you know, each individual thing that's being said and I'm always writing down so much information and it's because like, I'm like so excited to just like, you know, jump in and, and share some of my perspectives that everyone like, you know, like kind of touched upon. I wanted to actually like, um, one thing that was really awesome. I feel like, you know, that Neil said was actually like, you know, he mentioned um, Lissa Royal Holt and actually like, I like, you know, like read with like, uh, the set of tarot cards that she created, which is the, um, you know, galactic heritage cards. And it's literally like all about like kind of exploring this journey from our original state of like unity to like, you know, fragmentation. So like, you know, it's this original state of like uni unified consciousness, like, you know, like in this unified field of creation, which is like our true state of being where it, it you know, like that is like the idea of like, you know, being God, like, you know, being able to see through the eyes of everything and then like you know kind of this fragmentation into like group consciousness which is still like non-physicalized so, like you know like we like talk about like you know the idea of like dimensions and stuff like that and like you know like interdimensional beings that like you know can phase in and out of like our dimension in order to like better communicate with us and stuff and like that is like kind of like the understanding like of like that i have you know like of these like uh, of these beings and stuff like that that essentially is that like you know like they are helping to accelerate or you know to aid in our like ascension or evolutionary process through their interaction like with us and you know you can say like through their interaction with us but it's through our interaction with them which is really an aspect of ourselves <laughs> like it's so like you know like it touches upon that aspect brendan that you were talking about too like you know where you were just saying like you know it's like we like kind of talk about like you know ufos as if like you know they're out there but you know like it's really kind of like these like higher dimensional aspects of ourself that are you know like communicating with us but it's like kind of us communicating with with that but any, anyway like you know like you, i'm getting like wrapped up in, in that idea but anyway like i wanted to just even like um you know, touch upon like this. Um, I mean, I wanted to touch upon like so many different things, but yeah, like um, I think like you know, like so like I was reading this one article, like basically talking about um, you know, like exploring the phenomenon of UFOs, like within this um, framework of like that you know, consciousness is intentional and can like willed or unwilled like reach out and grasp the essential meanings implicit in existence in the contents of consciousness itself. So basically, like when we like are vibrating at higher levels of individual consciousness then like we become aware of increasing meaningfulness like within the world around us so that it's like you know we extrapolate meanings from like you know certain like encounters and stuff like that that we have and we interpret those like as you were explaining you know your experience like you know with uf like a possible ufo like encounter that you had last night and you know it's kind of like your interaction with that experience like has to do with the fact of like you know your kind of like willingness to accept it as being something that's communicating with you you know so it's kind of like i feel like you know like in a lot of ways it actually has to do like with like upending the aspect of our rational minds trying to grasp everything and actually like leading to this kind of merger between the intuitive and the rational faculty of our mind that you know like always needs this explanation and it's kind of like 
that's not like the whole story of everything, but it's kind of like, you know, the fact that UFOs, like, I know I'm touching upon a lot of things here, but you know, like the fact that UFOs like phase in and out, like a lot of the times in their appearances and stuff like that, like is literally pointing to the fact of like, you know, consciousness itself being this fluid kind of thing that, that is not like physical and structure, but that is rather like able to shift in and out of like dimensions, shift in and out of dimensions. And it's kind of like, you know, the whole idea of communicating with these like interdimensional beings, I think is kind of like, you know, like an initiating contact is kind of like preparing us to enter into that state where we are um, recognizing that they have like always been a part of this world and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, you know, um, you know, what it says in this one article too, that like I wanted to just kind of like, um, you know, touch upon here. And like, you know, this is an article written like in relation to this guy named David J. Moore. And he talks about the evolutionary metaphor, which is like, you know, basically, um, and anyway, like, you know, it's talking about the idea of consensus reality. And it, he wrote that, you know, like, um, he wrote that, um, you know, I ended by coming to believe that although UFO phenomena seem to contradict consensus reality, they do not contradict the reality described by quantum physics, or for that matter, mystics. All the evidence seems to show that we should not regard UFOs as spacecraft, but as unknown energy forms. And basically, like he kind of talks about how the perfect purpose of UFO phenomenon seem to be heuristic, and that is they're designed to teach us something or to change our attitude towards reality. So to change the general consensus that, you know, reality is this materialistic, like, you know, like, um, third dimensional kind of like physical construct. And that like, you know, like that there are these interdimensional beings that are, have been like assisting in our evolutionary process. And that actually like, you know, as Neil is talking about too, like actually has to do with like the seeding of our, of our like race in general, like they had to do with like, you know, like kind of like the human project of like, you know, creating, us and that like it was kind of this like the earth itself is kind of this breeding ground or this kind of like test tube in a way of like a lot of these different like et um genetics and stuff like that that have to do with like you know like our connection to the stars and the whole idea you know like where it's called like we're like a lot that whole term like being star seeded and stuff like that is literally like you know like aspects of ourself like are basically seeded from these like other um you know I say other, you know, but like seeded from these like, you know, Arcturus or, you know, from the Pleiades system or, you know, like from the Syrian system and like, you know, like through kind of the lessons that they have to teach us, it kind of like, you know, is bringing us back to that, like bringing us back to recognizing like our unified state of like um, having all of these parts contained within us and that like, you know, we are not like these separate beings, but rather like, you know, um like going about like our existence but rather like you know like we are actually like you know part of like this galactic community that we kind of just have lost touch with and that's like the whole aspect that I wanted to touch upon and yeah I'm not going to go like too much further because I want to you know let everyone else add but yeah I just like was so excited to like kind of share that was just that like you know it's kind of like that the UFO phenomenon kind of becomes this like poignant symbol of you know, inner transformation, and the more that we can kind of like, you know, transform ourselves, that like that's that is kind of when we can initiate contact with these, um, with these beings is when we start to kind of let go of the idea that they're separate from us, and that they're kind of like these aspects that want to help communicate with us, but they can't unless we kind of like open ourselves up to initiating contact, and like you know, like yeah, like that just goes into the whole Stephen Greer stuff with like, you know, all these groups coming to that heart-centered space and like initiating contact like with them. 
and then like getting that reflection back and like you know that goes into the idea that you know like we um influence the reality that we are that we're like co-creators of this reality and that like you know when we we intentionally shape it with our intention and so that when we kind of like call upon something that those like kind of consciousnesses can come and assist us because they are kind of one and the same and that uh when we like accept that state and we're vibrating at that level of unity consciousness where we don't see them as other you know like that's when they can actually interact and interface with us so yeah Awesome. Beautiful. Beautifully. Well, well said, Chris is just enjoying listening to that. And, and again, you know, like, I think it, it, it's great for us to just be able to practice having these conversations. Cause I think like a lot of the stuff that that's coming up here, uh, is on point. And, and again, that's not to say like, Hey, everything we say here is absolute finite truth. Again, anything that we're seeing here, like the objective at the end of the day is to think for yourself. We're all just trying to piece this together. Um, and, and I'll just say uh, either Rachel or Kelly, let me know who wants to go next as we pass this around. Um, but again, you, you're right. You know, like going back to the overall intention of this broadcast, like why? Like why, why are we having this discussion? And again, what's kind of coming? Like that's why we're having this discussion. What's kind of coming and how do we prepare for it? And what does that look like? And again, I, I think it is this idea of really just it's a story of unity. It's, it's a story of love. It's a st and, and I'm not just trying to sound cliche about that either. Um, it's a story of, again, you know, it's like, it sounds like something out of a sci-fi story where again, you know, it's like literally in Star Trek where it's like suddenly like it, it may be this point where we just kind of like start like, like maybe like this, this is kind of crazy to think and everything like that. Um, first of all, I, if you guys, guys, if my microphone sounds kind of weird, let me know if it sounds like, like hard, let me know. I'm just trying to adjust it. But again, you know, in Star Trek, we kind of have this visualization of a future where aliens and humans are just walking amongst each other. Is that possible? Like, like, cause this, this is where it gets into this crazy idea of, um, you know, like, if they're coming here in their ships and if these ships can literally land, like, is it possible for like a bus of them to come and then to like get out and then to like live here or something like that? Like, I don't know. You start getting into the, these crazy ideas or something. Um, like, is that going to be a thing like alien immigrants or something like that? Like the, the ultimate immigrant, the ultimate alien from another dimension. And then like, again, you know, like it's, 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 I know it sounds cliche and stuff like that, but I mean, I don't know anything's on the table at this point and again just knowing that these are real what comes next what comes beyond that and how do we prepare but again i think everybody here is is already on the right path of again just being able to understand that like we ourselves are ambassadors for these next steps within the story and again how do we anchor those steps within the story of being again this this un this deeper understanding of ourself and the cosmos inside and outside and love and empowerment and understanding that again, you know, on a very metaphys metaphysical level, this is about us uh, awakening to the idea that like we are dreamers within this dream. And like, and even the aliens, like are, are they like, they're not outside of this. They're not outside of this either. Right. Like it's like, it's really trippy, man. And that's where, again, just kind of keeping it within one topic is um, valuable for today. Cause this could easily just kind of spiral out into all sorts of discussions. But um yeah, again, just kind of passing over to, to Rachel or, or Kelly. Um, and again, just kind of like focusing in this, on, on this idea of like, what do you guys feel we as humans kind of need to keep in mind? And of course, I, I would love to be able to hear some personal experiences of any, of any UFO sightings you have seen. Um, I will just share briefly that, again, going back to the original sighting that I saw of like that triangle shape, um, I still remember the visceral experience of it. Like the, the visceral experience of it stays with me to this day. It was very much like a heart 
experience, even though it was like, I don't know what the frick that is, but it was just like, magic is real. Like that's like in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, like magic is real, you know? And, and that's when you kind of start to understand that like magic is reality. And, and then you, of course you have that beautiful quote where like the technologies of the future would be indistinguishable from magic, what we consider to be magic and everything like that. You take a cell phone, you bring it back to the 1600 and people be like, oh, what is this device or anything like that? Um, and another thing I'll just say really quickly is that again, you know, this reality that we're in, we have to understand that even though we think we understand it in a lot of ways, there's other aspects to it that we don't. Um, but we're still a part of it, but we're still interfacing with it and we can still learn how to operate within it in the same way. Like, like seriously, do you know how your computer works? Do you know how your cell phone works? Do you know how these technological devices work? No, you really don't. Like you got a general idea, you know, there's wires and signals and stuff, but you really don't in the same way, like this reality, like, do we really know how it works? Like, no, we really don't because it's quite advanced and it's more advanced than our, than our, again, like our science and stuff like that. But of course the quantum side of things is really starting to dig into stuff. And once you understand that, like, it is this idea that, you know, thought is faster than speed or thought is faster than light. I mean, and that is what these, uh, beings, that is what these like highly evolved conscious beings operate with. They operate at the level of thought. They operate at the level of consciousness so forget light speed travel, think thought speed travel, which is again, the quantum entanglement of it. So again, I'll pass over to Rachel and, uh, and then maybe we'll hear from Kelly or Neil, whoever, or if anybody else has to jump out early, just let me know. Rachel, go right ahead, pass it over to you. Thank you. Hi, good evening. Um, yeah, this is such a fascinating topic and it is so hard to keep it um, condensed down into um, just talking about, I actually love the term that Chris mentioned from the quote that he gave about um, unknown energy forms, as opposed to using UFOs. Maybe one day we will all be saying UEFs instead. Um, <laughs> who knows? But um, yeah, I feel like it, it's really. I feel like it's almost impossible to take uh, the the idea of consciousness and how our consciousness is played into it when talking about this though. So I just wanted to touch on the idea of, um, there's a, an experiment that science did um, and I'm sure there's many other experiments as well. And the there was one mentioned in the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind documentary, um, but the one that I was familiar with, which is a similar idea is the double slit experiment. Um, and Chris and I were actually talking about this uh, a couple days ago, um, but the double slit experiment is basically our consciousness and us being observers having an effect on the particles and not being able to explain why or how, but just knowing that they do, that, that us observing does. Um, so it, it's impossible to take um, our consciousness out of the equation and the idea that our consciousness is, in, the entire universe is contained within our consciousness because our consciousness is not this 3D reality that we are perceiving right now. It's a 10 dimensional, um, bubble of consciousness, which is impossible to describe in three-dimensional terms. So to even talk about it right now is it's kind of impossible to even get to the bottom of it because the 10th dimension is everything's possible, everything imaginable. Um, and, and we can't even conceive of that or, or explain it. Um, so um, I actually did have an experience today while I was meditating. And um, again, not a traditional UFO per se, but 
I mean, forget everything we know, right? I was uh, sitting outside in the grass, um, actually listening to one of Steve Greer's um, uh, meditations and just laying in the grass and I had a fly land on my foot. Um, and actually towards the end of the meditation, I sat up and it was still on my foot and I watched it erratically running around on my foot and just me noticing my perception of the way the grass was moving. It was like I was having a psychedelic experience, but I was completely sober just from meditating, like suddenly was like watching nature breathe um, in, in a way that I actually haven't really experienced doing meditation before um, and not just like, I mean, the connection with nature was very important too, but it, it was kind of like thinking like, okay, like there is energy outside of myself here right now that I am interacting with. And it's not just me in this moment. It is like, I did feel like I had made contact with something from potentially outside of this planet um, and not necessarily like seeing a, a UFO per se. Um, and I feel like as far as thinking of times where I might have seen something, I can't actually pinpoint a specific experience. Um, like it feels like a dream when I think, when I try to think of a specific um specific maybe encounter that I might have had I just feel like I'm recalling dreams and memories that I can't actually put tangible thought to um which is kind of interesting because I feel like in my in my mind I'm I'm thinking oh I've definitely experienced um unidentified energy forms um outside of you know what I was talking about with my meditation today um but again can't specifically say what that might have been. Um, but yeah, I think it's very important to, to keep remembering too that, again, what Chris and, and Lise were saying that it is uh, a, our consciousness too, like, um, and our ability to um, realize that inside of us, that, that the love and the gratitude that we have and just coming from, uh, again, this was in the documentary too, just like a place of pure hearted, pure mind, um, pure intentions of um, just being open to all the possibilities and not closing yourself off to anything, not putting thoughts, specific thoughts in your head about making contact and just allowing that to come to you. And it's not like summoning higher beings from other planets to you. And again, not like this other, it's inviting that energy um, in, in to, to come to you. Um, and so I feel like that's, um, really the whole UFO thing too, is the, that energy is, is recognizing your vibration. So it's coming to you to vibrate in your space, in your field where you can witness and see, um, the phenomena of, a, of a visible physical, um, unidentified flying object or energy form. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of really all I had to say was just, again, reiterating the importance of our, our consciousness is not just us in this physical body that we are, uh, and really recognizing, again, reiterating, I feel like we talk about this all the time um, in these discussions, the importance of our connection to each other, that we are uh, universally connected, we have this universe, universal consciousness, and not even just with us on Earth, as this species, but with the entire universe that we have this universal connection. Um, and, and even in like the multiverse, like taking it even bigger, like there is a universal connection with all of us. Um, and I first really started believing that when I studied yin yang theory, because that is what yin yang theory is all about. It's that it's the 10,000 things transforming into each other constantly all the time, but it's really just this one thing together. Um, 
sorry, I feel like I got off topic there for a second. Um, oh my gosh, I had one more thing to say. What was it? Um, <laughs> uh, it's okay, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, anyway, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Just let me know when when that thought comes back. It's it's like it's like floating around the room right now. You're like get it, get it. So yeah, not a problem. So awesome. And so um, thank you, Rachel, for sharing. And and a couple of things just uh, came into mind. And um, Kelly, I'll, Kelly, give me your hands up if you want to pass it over to you next. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So one of the things I'll just uh, mention real quick here, relative to this topic, because it hasn't even been brought up so far. Again, there are many different forms of UFOs, and obviously we associate UFOs with being, you know, a light off in the horizon or maybe a craft landing and everything like that. Um, UFOs, I think, are something that can come in many different shapes and sizes, specifically sizes literally down to the point with what we recognize as like orbs are still a part of the same phenomena. Like I literally think it's the same thing because you there's videos like there's actually like a beautiful video from back in the day and there's like these two orbs and they're floating above a field and they literally make crop circles appear underneath them. This is like back from the 90s and it's like it's legit and I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. But again, you know, um, Thinking back, I actually have footage. It's on my YouTube channel. Maybe I'll have to share it with you guys in the Discord chat. And it's like literally from 2011. And I was in this very high vibe state and I was working out on the uh, on the gymnasium playground near my house. And within the footage, I was filming it as like an exercise video. And then I went back and I checked it. And within the video, there's like clearly these like weird like orb things that kind of like appear and phase out of dimension and to the point where I'm just like, yo, those were not bugs. Um, and this video is actually like something that's got like over a hundred thousand views on my YouTube. It's my, it's literally my most popular video. Um, but again, you know, even experiences like those, it's like, it's, it's the, the, you know, the quasi dimensional beings and stuff like that, that we're dealing with. Um, and the way how I've made sense of it, and I, and I didn't explain this yet, this broadcast, even though this is kind of like a big thing to keep in mind is that some of these vehicles, um, and I'll just mention this real quick and pass it to Kelly is this idea of um, the Merkaba light ship. And so the Merkaba light ship is this like literal understanding of this like energetic field that's around our body that we all have. And it's the star tetrahedron. So imagine a pyramid one way, a pyramid the other, interlace them and one kind of rotates one way and one rotates the other way. So what if I were to tell you that literally within each of our beings, we literally have like an interdimensional spaceship built into our stuff. Like we don't need a physical craft. We literally have it like it's and it just needs to be understood and activated. And this is, again, where it gets into the idea of the shift in consciousness. Um, so this is where you get into this idea that like basically some of the UFO sightings would literally be like a being with their Merkaba activated, like flying around, like through dimensional space. And then in the same way, they can also be very, very small so to speak. And this is where you might get the small orbs and stuff or the small spirits and things like that. Um, so it starts kind of like blending into other stuff related to like spirits and everything like that as well. Um, but I just wanted to be able to, to mention that because I think in a lot of cases uh, that does kind of apply where it's like this idea of like, like the Merkabas, they're literally like, quote unquote, like ascended masters, like flying through the sky. But I don't even think it's just like an ascended master. I think it's probably just like, a citizen from an from a civilization of ascended masters 
Like, it's not like there is no master in that civilization. That's just them. That's just the norm, so to speak. But to us, you know, to us, they, they might per, per appear to be, uh, again, obviously this advanced uh, conscious being. Um, but again, you know, like the topic being here, the UFO and the shift in consciousness, this is why we're having this discussion. Because when having this discussion, it undeniably shifts and expands our consciousness our awareness, our awareness of reality, our awareness of ourself and our awareness of our potential within it. And it gives us a bit of direction to be able to understand that all of this, you know, like meditation and yoga and dream journaling and eating veggies and stuff, this is starting to pay off, you know, it's starting to lead up to something and it's literally allowing us to be in a vibrational state where we're ready to begin interfacing on a conscious level with other beings that can match our consciousness so consciousness is a vibrational frequency so kelly i'll pass it over to you and uh, thank you so much for being here and i know uh excited to hear what you have to share go ahead kelly hey everyone so yeah definitely want to piggyback off of you in regards to the merkaba um i had a two-year experience where i was an open channel um, for interdimensional communication. And um, during that process, one of the main things that with the connection was really the vibrational frequencies and the signature frequencies that came through. My awareness is that a lot of the shifts that came about were, like you said, they were essentially like consciousness shifts. They were um, out of what it would be a higher dimensional platform of existence where um, they no longer use physicality. And that being said, they would be able to traverse not only dimensions, but peril probabilities of timeline and be able to move or maneuver around there based on the, the frequency of, um, of the, the timeline. So one thing that I definitely learned from the experience was um, freedom, love, consciousness, the power to choose and no fear. That was one of my first downloads that came through. And through that, um, it's just part of the, the soul coding for me of just my soul navigating through there. And that's how I'm able to connect. I even will just repeat those words over and over again. Um, and I've definitely seen that there are other inter-world like interdimensional, interworld crafts as well. Um, I believe that inside of our consciousness, there are worlds in there as well, that it is a just probabilities of information and also uh, consciousness levels. And um, one of those being that um, being able to see the light shifts in your actual mind's eye, I've, I've actually seen them when I've closed my eyes and they have actually been like it looked like a light and it was almost like what you would see like a, a machine elf in a way. It, it broke, it fractalized and became this ship. And it was so close up in my mind's view. It's like I was looking at it, but it was like I had my eyes open. So there's, I believe, different ways of communication and um, with these, the frequencies that come in, um, they're also, or at least from my experience, have also been when connecting with them, you you gain a, a frequency inside of yourself 
when you start to synchronize with these uh, shifts. And, um, you know, one thing is definitely grounding that has helped me. And also really just opening my heart. Uh, one time I had a communication back from the ship and it was just love shooting through my heart chakra, complete, just overwhelming love to the point where it, everything was completely synchronized. I lived in synchronization for a good six months where everything was completely synchronized, like um, even the lights and everything. And it was like, a, it was everything was so smooth and consistent um, because I was completely connected with this other, this ship and these beings um, where our thought processes were intertwined with one another, where there'd be life lessons that would come through. Um, and it would be completely all in synchronization with one another, working as a collective unit. So um, I definitely uh, see that in this coming future, there have been a lot of disclosures that have come about. Uh, one of them being that hasn't been mentioned is the storming area 51. Now, that was a soft disclosure, but by having Bob Lazar go onto the Joe Rogan podcast and be able to really awaken the world in regards to the, uh, the, the Area 51, what's going on over there, and he got a lot of validity in that, that podcast, and that sparked millions of people interested in seeing them aliens. They were, and the cool thing about it, it was a positive um, it was a positive dis disclosure because everyone wanted to go in there and save the aliens. That was the whole thing. So they weren't going to storm area 51 just to like go and try to like get the aliens. They really wanted to save the aliens. So in a lot of ways, it's bringing about a lot of soft disclosures in a way that are just getting people excited about it. People are no longer fearing it. Um, one of the, the life lessons that I was taught um, during the, the two years as being like an open channel was that everything is valid. It's just about making a, a choice. Everything is just a probability. And wherever you are, you can recalibrate from that point forward. And then you have another spectrum of potentialities. But it's all about the, the human beings having their own conscious um, freedom of choice. So that's definitely one thing that I hold to this day. And like, I really hold these beings really, um, they've always been just beyond, it, it feels like family when it, it's, they're around. It feels as if they're like, you're connected and you go to a state of oneness where you can communicate with them through their soul frequencies and your soul signature. That's not on the third dimensional level, but on a higher state of reality, um, a higher a level of frequency. And it, is like just a sacred union of sorts. And you are me and I am you, or I am I am me and you are me and I am you in synchronicity. So it is all about, um, you know, they're, they're living their lives parallel to our own. And in a sense, they are another version of ourselves in a parallel version of reality. Um, and so it's just up to us now to as light workers to ground this light. Um, I've been working with activating the Merkabas for um, people, 
helping them get awareness of their light bodies so that you can navigate to the proper uh, timeline and frequency um, through using your light body and your Merkaba, getting that online and tethering to those, those different frequencies and uh, really opening up um, and gravitating, the law of gravitation and also quantum entanglement at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's been a really cool thing. And, you know, it'd be really awesome if all of us got together as a collective and just built our own spaceship too. Like that would be so cool. There's so many of us, it's all really awesome smarts. And I just wish that we all would just get together and build our own spaceship at some point. So yeah, thank you. Oh, and, and so it is, and so it is, so. That's actually, that's actually you know, been like this like running kind of joke where I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, like one of these days, like we're going to, we're going to build our spaceship and I'm going to fly around and I'm going to pick you guys up. And then we're going to have like a dance party on the spaceship. Like I've been talking about that for like, you know, the past 10 years. So it's, it's manifesting, it's coming, it's almost here. So awesome. Thank you, Kelly, so much for sharing and for sharing your heart and your wisdom and your experience. And again, you know, we're going to, we're going to pass the talking signal over to Neil in a second but just kind of going back to to this discussion this topic of thinking about you know like what is needed right now i mean it's not so much this idea of like what is needed in relation to specifically ufos and stuff like that the fact is what is needed right now is for us to be able to help elevate the collective consciousness of the entire planet and ufos are a part of that and so, again, this is something that comes up in the, the CE5 documentary, where right now, for, for a lot of us, you know, for those of us who, you know, we're working on things on a personal level, on a one-to-one -one level, but for others of us who are, you know, creating content online and connecting with people and everything like that, like, let's keep doing what we can to be able to help support each other, to be able to help, again, you know, facilitate conscious discussion, get people curious, practice meditations. Like, part of my... Uh, work that I'm doing, like I'm planning on engineering uh, probably multiple videos that are going to be related to this topic to be able to help uh, get this information out and basically initiate our own version of disclosure um, on like through 60 second videos that I'm going to engineer to go viral on TikTok. Like, I mean, the, the video that I made of the blue beings, that video has been seen by over like 100,000 people. Like the, the I've mentioned this before, but like I think there's people who are working in TikTok who actually want to be able to see the shift in consciousness happening. And so they're finding content and it eventually, and it's not just the algorithm, eventually content will reach a person and they'll be like, yo, this is actually really good for the awakening of consciousness. Let's put it out in front of the million, you know, an audience of millions of people sort of thing. And there's a lot of people who are coming across my content and they're just like, yo, like this was on my for you page. This was just sent to me through the algorithm. Um, but it's making me think about things. It's questioning things. So we have this power right now where we get to write the narrative, where we get to shape how disclosure is actually happening. And that's the idea. It's going to be a grassroots thing. It's from the, it's from, you know, the heart center out. It's not just this thing where again, you know, like the, it's not just the government and stuff like that anymore. And I think people are starting to realize that on a, on a global scale where it's like, like what, like why, like since when did we agree to this idea that the government rules the world and rules all of our lives? It's like, we are sovereign individual beings. And it's like, we have that right within ourselves to choose uh, how we interact and interface with this reality and the stories and the narratives that we are creating. But again, you know, for all of us here, I think whether you're specifically explicitly talking to people about ufos is one thing but just to be able to invite people back to the heart space is the objective 
Like that is the objective, I would say, to simplify. And I've said that before numerous times, you know, without trying to make it sound complicated, what are we trying to do? We're leading people. We're leading people back to the wisdom of their own hearts. And with this, you know, this will eventually naturally kind of open them up, open them up to the bigger interdimensional UFO related topics when they're ready for it. But I think we kind of have to be, you know, we kind of have to honor the fact that there are going to be some people that it's not like timing is important. Like, I think there's actually more harm that can be done if we if we go about this the wrong way and just start flooding people with all this interdimensional knowledge and stuff like that i think we kind of have to kind of like ease them into it you know it's kind of like again what did the matrix was a documentary it was literally kind of like showing us how to do it and within that you know again you kind of gotta ease people into this this bigger picture of the universe like it literally can kind of like make them pop and everything like that um but i think we're doing it i i think we really are doing it and for some of us who are at that point where we're just like yo i'm ready to like meditate and make contact and develop these relationships, some of us will be there. But for others, you know, pace yourself, practice on connecting with your heart, build up like your physical vessel, your physical body, and the experiences will arrive to you over time. Stay curious, connect the dots. You're doing it. You're doing just fine where you are. And again, and I think what's gonna be important, I'll pass this to Neil into Neil into over to Neil in a second, is that again, we have to anticipate the idea that these conversations are going to start showing up more in the mainstream. And so we, as like community members, have to kind of be in that place where we're ready to help facilitate the discussion, where we're ready to kind of start like having conversation. You know, we may find that like you may be that person who's been talking about aliens and UFOs for the past decade. And then suddenly some of your friends are going to start talking about aliens and UFOs and they're going to come to you. And they're going to be like, be like, yeah, like, can I talk to you about this? Like, can we, can you explain some of this to me? And so how do we explain that to them? And again, that's going to be part of our growth. Like we literally are ambassadors for this story. So like, that's the thing. It's, it's literally, it's really trippy once you start to understand that we're here, but the aliens, again, I, like even the term alien, I feel like the the word alien, like the word alien needs, I think there's something else. I think there's another word than just alien because I think that has such a strong connotation and symbolic imagery, imagery to it. There's another word to it. Again, you know, the, the other us, maybe, you know, the other us's or something like that, right? Um, but again, the other us's, like they are a part of this story too. They are a part of the synchronicity. Like they are a part of the shift in consciousness that is happening. And then for us, who's to say that some of us aren't just the ones that agreed to commit ourselves to being right here, right now, right now. Like, again, kind of what Kelly was saying, these UFOs, these aliens, who's to say that's not where we came from? Who's to say we aren't actually a part of those civilizations and that some of us are literally like time travelers and stuff like that? this is when it starts to get like really shifty and stuff like that. But I want you to just kind of like be open to it and allow yourself to just kind of like feel into this uh, without getting distracted by it, but allow it to be a narrative that's going to call you into your purpose. So um, yeah, we'll just leave it there. But again, you know, we're doing it. This is about the shift in consciousness. This is about bringing people back to the heart, seeing the unity, the connection, the magic, the power, the potential within themselves, and then allowing them to step into that bigger story and purpose where they see themselves as a hero of their own journey within this journey of unfolding into a more, into a bigger, bigger picture of what the human species is about. So, um, and again, the word human is more than just us, the hues of mana. So the aliens, the other us's, they're still humans, hues of mana. So anyways, 
Neil, we'll pass it over to you, dude. And if you have to head out or anything like that, um, maybe give us some closing thoughts, but whatever you feel called to share, go ahead. And, and what, well, one thing I was going to ask Neil, um, you've been to some CE five events or can you share a little bit about like your experience? If you've like had UFO sightings or any personal yeah. experience and anything else? Yeah, go for it, Neil. So I went to a couple of C fives. Well, I went to one with Greer and then I did two with people that were a part of, um, Greer's team, but they do like independent C5s in different states. One was in Colorado. I think one was here in California a while ago. Um, two of them, there wasn't really anything. Um, there actually was nothing. And one of them, we saw some lights in the distance. The one time, the one that out of the two times that I went with Al Greer, we used sound frequencies once and we meditated and the other time we just went into nature and, and meditated and, you know, attempted to connect to that consciousness. But I've done C5 as well, like hanging out at home or at an Airbnb with some friends. And then like, you know, instead of busting out a Ouija board, someone's like, do you, have, do you want to do C5? And then we just like meditate and look outside, you know, sometimes I've seen things, nothing hardcore tangible to be like, Oh my God. Like, cause I've seen some other things before. Like I saw, um, at Corona Del Mar here in near the beach down here in Newport. This one I'll never forget. Like I was sitting on, I was standing on these rocks overlooking like the, the wedge where the water hits the rocks and looked up into the sky and there was this star, like, like blinking star that looked like too close to be a star. And it was broad daylight. It was um, probably mid afternoon, like three or four, you know, and um, all of a sudden, this wormhole like thing opened up and sucked the matter of this thing in it. And it just completely went off. And there was me and three of my friends and we saw that. And I've seen that exact same kind of setup maybe five or six years later when I was driving home from a festival, um, I looked up in the sky and I saw this crazy thing and I saw the same thing. Like it looked like literally looked like a wormhole, some craft went in it and just took off like something out of sci-fi. So those were just independent, just experiences that I had. The major CE5 where I've actually seen things based on collective consciousness meditation happen at a SETI Ranch. Are you familiar with the SETI Ranch, Brandon? Go, go ahead and uh, just tell people about it. Yeah. So a SETI Ranch is a place in um, Southeast Washington. Basically you drive up to Portland, you, um, you follow the border east of Oregon and Washington, you cross over a bridge, you get into Washington, and there's um, a mountain there. Oh, forget the name of the mountain right now. Mount, um, forget the name of the mountain, but they have a mountain there, and there's a lot of sightings. So this land that James Gilliland has created his ranch on called the SETI Ranch, enlightened contact with, with uh, extraterrestrial intelligence is uh, basically the full, the full name of it. There's sightings all the time. Um, you pretty much can go there and be guaranteed a sighting. Like I feel comfortable telling people that go there and you'll see something because I went there with those same doubts and I went there three times and I stayed at least three days each time. And the night that I decided to come out on all three of those journeys, there was actually like something there and something that I could see. Even one time I was not even hanging out with everybody that was in the field doing CE5 and I saw, I was like in a tree house cause they, they, on the land they had a tree house with a bed in the top and I was, my bed was right there. And then there was a balcony overlooking the whole entire ranch from the tree house right next to a lake. And I was just hanging out on the balcony. And I looked up and there was this like 
thing way, way far away. Just like definitely, it wasn't a satellite, but it was definitely like some sort of um, actual thing that was moving through the sky. And then all the way in the in the field area, they had also spotted it, but it just happened to be over me, which was like, you know, yards away from where they were. And they had one of those lasers where they literally can like, it looks like they're touching the UFO. So they were pointing the laser at it and I could see them, you know, pointing the laser at this, um, this craft. Then I was like, okay, next day I went down to the field and oh my God, the biggest light show ever. Here's this mountain. And I got to tell you the name of the mountain, actually. Seti Ranch Mountain. Let's find out what it is. Uh, what's the name of this mountain? Okay, maybe I'll find it. In a, Mount Adams, Mount Adams. Okay. So um, basically, went. I was looking out there, and there were just lights all over the mountain. Like, literally, like, it looked like somebody was up there trying to, like, just flash lights all over the place. Just one light will flash, another one will flash, another one will flash. And then you'll see something coming out of it, and then you'll see a craft above it. I'm telling you, it was serious. And even at um, one point, all of a sudden, there was a blacked-out helicopter, like definitely some government, some sort of elite organization, blacked-out helicopter. And we witnessed them, right? This is before it became dark. Witnessed them land somewhere on the mountain, and then it, they might have had weapons or something. Couldn't see because it was pretty far away, but we saw people get out of this helicopter and walk towards a cave, the same cave we had been seeing lights coming out of the whole day before. So fast forward um, another year, which is actually takes us two years ago, I go to a SETI ranch and there's this remote viewer there. And this remote viewer just happened to work uh, as an independent contractor for the FBI and remote viewing different ETs in which he stumbled onto finding ETs accidentally. He was remote viewing for a terrorist, um, counter-terrorist intelligence. He was remote viewing for them. And during his remote viewing of counter-terrorists, um, he accidentally met an extraterrestrial and then dedicated his whole entire remote viewing firm to finding out ETs. When he did that, he started searching online and what did he find? Mount Adams, all these UFO sightings. So then he got his whole FBI remote viewing team to start remote viewing Mount Adams. And what they found there, they started drawing because the remote viewers like, are like crazy scientists, like drawing all types of crazy equations and stuff everywhere. They started drawing out all the things that they were seeing and there were these beings, lion-type beings with big manes that were humanoid. There were these mantis beings. And these people have never heard or seen any of this stuff or are in the community. So this guy goes ahead and contacts James Gilliland and says, hey, man, like, you know, I heard that you are next to this place and you have this ranch where people come and have these sightings. I've been remote viewing some of your stuff. We'll love to come out there and show you what we found. You know, I used to work contract work for the FBI. Show you what I found and see if there's any validity to this. Lo and behold, he walks into a SETI ranch, and what's the artwork everywhere? The same exact stuff that they were finding out and drawing. Lion beings, all types of artwork everywhere, based on channeling and conscious connection to these beings, not the physical remote viewing stuff that this guy had. So it was a crazy vetting out of this experience. So go back to where I was taking a look at all this stuff. What we figured out was what the remote viewer figured out, the FBI agent, I mean, the FBI contractor, he was actually remote viewing to see what was actually going on in this place and why there were so many sightings. And what he discovered was, was in this mountain, there was a huge pole shift, meaning that the negative and the positive polarities in this mountain were at its complete extremes, right? You know, things are pretty balanced, but in, in the world, but this mountain in gen, uh, specifically has had a huge polarity shift from negative and positive. And what happens when you have a huge negative and positive polarity shift is you create a rip in the dimensions. Like you almost create um, 
a teleporting area where people can come to the same localized area within their dimension and the, the negative positive rip in space time creates this type of portal where all these beings can transfer their consciousness and their, their um, and their, um, their craft. Some were flying in Merkabas. Those are images that the remote viewer drew as well. And they were coming in this area like it was this huge like intergalactic teleportation slash airport that they were coming to in order to go to different dimensions. So I did some more research and there's other places like Mount Shasta is, is exactly the same. It has a huge polarity shift. I mean, you can go there with these types of devices and actually measure the polarities and see the negative and positive and know that there's some anomaly going on there. And due to this anomaly, it creates this rip in space time, all these beings are able to come in and out. So that was kind of like really drilled it home for me. It drilled it home so much that I literally cried in his presentation because of the affirmations from this guy that worked for the FBI. He was like vetting out all this stuff based on just doing it without even knowing about this stuff. So SETI Ranch was probably the, I would say like the smoking gun of extraterrestrial UFO craft experiences for me. Uh, besides that, I've had, you know, experiences here and there. I used to really, really like beg, like I, dude, I straight up went to sleep begging to be abducted. And I know some people might get offended by that because I know a lot of abductees that have had traumatic experiences and they were like upset when I used to be like, dude, I wish I would get abducted. Cause like I'm in this community, I'm doing this work. I would love to have a tangible experience of, of it that I come back with so that I have this grounded, like, this is real. I just experienced it myself. Let me go forward with my mission. And then through um, med a meditation experience, I had to download that, you know, it's about really moving forward with this information without the need to know. Like, I don't, the whole need to know actually keeps me further away from the truth. So now I'm getting to a place where I'm accepting that, you know, I feel like I'm a conduit of this information to come out with it. And the more that I accept this, the more that I trust in it, the more I'm actually having these experiences and I'm realizing what my dream states are, what messages I've been getting in the past. and it doesn't have to happen through open land in front of your face communication, right? Even um, Bashar has said, and many other channels and other writers have said that when you, if you were to have open contact communication, like face to face with a lot of these beings, your body vibrates at such a level that it literally cannot stand the frequency of the being that you're in front of. And you might consciously, like your brain might say, oh man, this is the coolest thing ever. I can't, I, I'm going to stay here. I can't wait. Oh my God, they're about to land but your body has its own consciousness and it will respond and react to the frequency without you even being able to consciously choose to shift it. That people have run away from UFO craft, even though they really mentally wanted to stay there. And it's just because their body couldn't actually perceive the frequency. Now, what does this remind you of? Almost every story of every God in the history of humanity, Zeus, right? Like what's the whole thing with Zeus? You can't look at him directly. What's the whole thing about Ra? You can't look at him directly. What about all this, um, the sun cults and religions that came about? You can't look directly in the sun because this uh, physical extraterrestrial incarnation of the sun is too bright for us to even perceive. So I feel that this story of extraterrestrials and frequency shift has actually permeated and infiltrated every single religion in the world that we're speaking about the same thing. It's really a frequency shift. So that was, that's kind of my, my two cents right there on it. And um, I, I would want to give some, maybe some closing thoughts on it, but did you want to kind of chime in, Brandon? Well, that's, that's fascinating to hear, dude. And, and just being able to listen to your experience uh, again, you know, just thank you so much for sharing. And 
I'm glad that you've been able to witness what you have, just to be able to bring it back to the discussion. And um, there, there was there was like one thing I was going to mention relative to the abduction phenomena and everything like that, which is almost like an entire podcast in itself. Um, how like the abduction phenomena, like sometimes it's more again, it's kind of like this like interdimensional abduction, so to speak. Um, but the abduction phenomena does really kind of like dive into another layer of this, um, especially when you start getting into this idea of you know like okay, like some of these some of these interdimensional beings like like you know are benevolent and then some of them might be less benevolent and everything like that um and that's just kind of like i guess in some ways kind of like the reality that we have to sort of deal with and i'm not sure if you have anything uh related to that just to be able to help people kind of like ground into this idea of um you know like do we need to be quote unquote scared of the yeah. aliens being abducted and stuff like that but the other thing that i was going to mention um is that uh, this was mentioned in the, the CE5 documentary, how the government has literally admitted to the idea that they've actually staged abductions, like they've actually orchestrated some of the abductions in order to be able to plant this idea of like the, the fearful agenda related to the aliens to be able to further uh, move forward their narrative. Like they literally did this like, you know, back in like the like years and years and years ago. And, and I'm, I'm not, I don't know all the details, like did they literally have their own UFOs and pick people up and dress up like aliens or something like this i don't know all the details yeah. but they were part of the again it's kind of like this like psyops agenda to be able to paint this picture um but maybe based on your perspective because again you know we do have this understanding that yeah like there's different there's different species there's different races there's different civilizations and they're all kind of interacting and yes they're all consciousness some of them might have like their own agendas and stuff like that um is there some sort of way that you can sort of help us discern this um because again you know like i just i i just can imagine that for some people approaching this topic can get scary like it gets to a certain point where they're just like i don't want to get abducted like i don't want to i don't want to get like you know like talk to some weird aliens and stuff like that um so i and this is and again i i don't really know all the answers to this too but this is where even just kind of being able to prepare if someone's just like, well, what do we do? Like, how do we, you know, like, what about abduction? Because abduction is, is kind of like this very like fearful side um, related within the spectrum of this conversation. And and I was just going to say a uh, shout out to those of you listening on Kelly's live stream right now on, on TikTok right now. Um, if you guys jump over to the Mystic Spider-Man profile, the link's there to jump over to YouTube. But either way, thanks for joining joining in. Like uh, Kelly's on TikTok right now. There's a bunch of con comments in the TikTok. So thank you for those of you uh, in the TikTok comments. And if you guys want to jump over to YouTube, go to Mystic Spider-Man's profile and join in, I guess. Or Kelly will help you get there. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, Neil. And, and, and yeah, maybe this and some closing thoughts. Like, yeah, like generally, what are your thoughts on... I guess the abduction aspect related to the UFO thing, is that something we need to be worried about? What do we need to know about it? And how can we, can we how can we kind of approach it from this like heart centered space um, to be able to help like move the narrative forward uh, in a way that will be like inviting and also, you know, mm -hmm. in inspirational for people opposed to just the fearful side of it. So any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it goes so deep that the only way to convey this properly is through a presentation that I would have to think about in order to do it because there's always the risk of um, skipping something and not giving the full picture. You know, there seems to be all types of agendas going on. There's a lot of evidence to suggest there's a hybridization program, meaning hybridization of human DNA with other extraterrestrial DNA, not only happening by, you know, governing entities and secret governments, but also happening with ETs. 
there's a lot of evidence to suggest, and this is now documented. Before I, I would say this, and we will say just a channeler said it, but now there is information and documents about mantis beings involved in um, hybridization program. However, the mantis beings involved in it were actually benevolent, and the mantis beings that exist in our galaxy are actually some of the wisest, um, you know, higher higher dimensional beings that actually have um, a, a positive agenda and a positive intention for humanity. But then there's stories about gray extraterrestrials, but there's not just one race of gray aliens. The Prism of Lyra, for example, which you can download online for free and read it in three hours, will tell you about different types of gray races and how some gray races are actually extremely tall and actually white in color and live under our earth. And some of them are robots. Some of them are um, a robot AI. Some of them are um, sentient beings that have no feeling with emotion that are connected to our government and working for them. Some of them are working for negative reptilian races. Some of them have their own agenda because their planet and their existence has come to a halt and they can't evolve or ascend without the emotional component. What we have here on earth that many beings are coming to our, to our earth right now to ascend, um, even Syrians and even Essasani and even um, some Palladians, you know, there's thousands of Palladian races, but some of them are coming here because the code of their ascension is literally locked in our DNA. And they, by us ascending, they're able to ascend too. And the reason why is that we exist in such a, you know, we exist the first, second, and third dimension. We're not just in the third. We have first dimension and second dimension currently coexist with those other two dimensions and with the other dimensions. And since we exist in, in that reality, um, we're able to have much more of a full experience of emotions from the utmost love and compassion to the darkest hate to, uh, and lust and anger. And having that range of emotion gives a tool, it seems, to for many beings to ascend. So there's some great extraterrestrials that they are not able to ascend to another experience of existence and get out of their mundane reality without utilizing the DNA of humans to create a hybrid that they can incarnate themselves into and transfer their consciousness into so that they can therefore have these experiences of ascension as well and go into higher dimensions. Some of these races, the Tiari, the Yael, which are supposed to be one of the first races that we actually have open contact with, and the Yael is supposed to be a race that we're actually going to, are going to be the ones that teach us space travel, give us the technology of space travel. And um, they are going to be our direct ancestors that are literally half human, half like us, and half gray alien that are going to basically come down here in the future. Many people have said this. Um, so the hybridization program is extensive. Now let's talk about the hybridization in regards to, uh, not hybridization, but the abduction experience in regards to government abductions. There is something called screen memories. Um, there is actually, I, didn't, I forget the project name, but you can find the project on the CIA's website where they actually worked on this worked on this. And for at least a hundred years now, they've been abducted children and attempting to get uh, psychic abilities out of them by trauma, by splitting the personalities, by giving them types of substances. You know, the Nazis were doing that in Germany. And then through Project Paperclip, the project continued over here in the US. And they were attempting to um, to abduct these being people and then have them in these programs but on some of these projects you know more recently they actually did it in a form of an abduction experience where these people didn't know that they were a part of these programs but they would abduct them like ets give them screen memories so that they would think it was something else or that they would think it's some sort of dream and then they would still work on them and experiment on them and see about you know how this person 
is tapped into their psychic abilities, right? So there's a lot going on right now. I don't even know if we're going to ever know the full extent of it all, right? But there's definitely outlets out there where you can learn a lot of this stuff. But there's also this disinformation campaign. A lot of this stuff has been infiltrated. There's a lot of disinformation out there. There's people in this community, especially, we want to believe, we want to know, you know, that's this, this, we want validation that this world is so much more than just the mundane of that we see it. We live, die, we're a bunch of neural networks and chemical and molecules chaotically colliding until we die. We want that so much that we're, we believe a lot of things that may actually be put out there in order to move us away from the truth. So when it comes to abductions, the MK Ultra program, a lot of it has been hijacked, but there are also ETs. And my wife actually is one of the experiencers, right? There's abductee, contactee, and experiencer. They all mean the same thing. Abductee is the negative connotation to it. I've been taken from a reality. I've been abducted from it. Um, I did not consent to this. The, exper uh, the contactee is someone that is more of a positive experience. I've been contacted by these beings. The experiencer is the neutral term that you are, whether you're an experienced abductee, a contactee, you're an experiencer, you've experienced these things with these beings. But then there are other credible people like Dolores Cannon through hypnosis and uh, Barbara Lamb, both Dolores was a good friend of mine and Barbara Lamb is, and we do events, we've done events with both of them that say that actually, even though you've had this negative experience of abduction, it was actually a soul contract you had before you came here. So what, what is the whole purpose of if it's good or bad in the first place? Maybe the good and bad that we perceive it as is the fact that we have this amnesia that we don't remember our soul contracts. We don't remember what we did before we came here. We don't remember our past lives on other worlds. Now we're being abducted and we're like, wait a second, you're violating me. I've been abducted. And when you have these memories come back to you through hypnosis, you get angry. And I've been in abduction um, support groups. This is a real thing. Abduction support groups all over the U.S. And Barbara Lamb and Yvonne Smith lead the biggest ones. And in these support groups, there's people that are depressed, people on drugs, and it's because they've been abducted and they're trying to figure out how to explain it to people and how to, no, not explain it to people, how to come to terms with their negative abduction experience. But then the same people, Barbara Lamb, Yvonne Smith, and more, Dolores Cannon and more, hypno hypnotize these people, regress them, and then they find this voice inside their head that's not their voice saying that, oh, actually... I chose to have that abduction experience because it gave me this trauma that then led to these experiences that I was supposed to have in this world so that I could have this outcome, right? So what is good and what is bad? You know, the jury's out. Like if the abduction experience is negative to you just because you got taken from your reality and you didn't choose it right here now, who's to say that before you came here, your soul didn't decide that you wanted it? I feel ultimately that everything that happens to us happens the way it's supposed to happen whether it gives us a negative experience or a positive experience, whether we become a bad person from it or a good person from it. You can't have one without the other. You don't know the meaning of light without knowing the meaning of darkness. That's the contrast we came here from. We came here from pure light. So we came here from pure light to do what? To experience more light? But I feel maybe not. Maybe that's the eventual goal, but maybe it was to experience the struggle, the depth, the heaviness, the density of this reality so that we could learn and appreciate the beauty of the light. And the paradox is the light and the darkness, not one thing is better than the other when you look at it from that level. Because there's stories and stories that after you would go back to the light, what do you want then? You want to go back to the darkness and do it all over again, right? It's just a circle of existence, it seems. And we keep going through these experiences. So 
a lot of people are out there actually assisting people in getting over this victimhood mentality of I've been abducted and trying to see the lesson. And case in point, Travis Walton, who's another person I work closely with and was at my conference last year, he used to be very negative about his experiences. And like, you think like people think he just wanted to get famous from what he said, man, he hated the fact that he got abducted and all these experiences. It ruined his life. He was really upset about it all. And now he's still like, damn, that ru ruined my life. Me telling everybody really ruined my life. But at my conference last year, the first time he actually said this, like publicly when somebody asked him, well, was it bad? And he goes, I used to think that it was a bad experience, but now I know I wouldn't have evolved spiritually if it wasn't for it. People go decades talking about how much that sucked. And then all of a sudden they realize that, wait a second, because I had that experience, it's led me to this path and look how many other people I've assisted and, uh, and helped awaken. And that's what a lot of people are coming to terms with now. And I'll just add this, um, this month I'm actually doing a free webinar with Grant Cameron, who's a really great UFO researcher, Ray Hernandez, who is one of the best researchers in regards to experiencers and contactees and abductions, and has actually done a survey with hundreds of thousands of people worldwide that have had abduction experiences, where he's now got a consensus on the types of experiences and beings and many other questions that these people have had. Um, Kathleen Martin, who's another experiencer, and Alan Steinfeld on June 18th. So we're doing a UFO disclosure slash experiencer panel and I think it's important to do that now because there's two things that actually kind of hit the sidelines when COVID happened. And it was the UFO thing. Like until the Pentagon stuff came out, it was pretty much dead. But before that, we were like on one with it. And the other thing was like the legalization of psychedelics and, um, and cannabis worldwide. That was like hardcore, like on its way up. But then all of a sudden COVID happened and it shut down. So what I'm doing this month is I'm going to, we don't need to talk about Corona all day, right? So I'm going to, do some events on UFO disclosure, give people some updates what's happening on June 18th. And then also we're gonna do some um, events, spontaneous events on Portal to Ascension YouTube over the next month on what's happening with legalization bills for magic mushrooms and ayahuasca and different things in the United States. Awesome, thank you. Neil, can you just post a link for uh, the best place that people can connect to, post that into the Zoom chat and then yeah. we'll copy it over. So so let me just yeah. say that um, best thing to do go is go it. to our website, portaltoascension.org, sign up there, get signed up to the newsletter, see our events. We do 110 events plus a year. We have an event, this whole month is dedicated to hardcore disclosure. Um, next week, this week I'm doing a, a channeling event on Saturday with Sari and Michael White. On Sunday, I'm doing Scriptures, Prophecies, ETs, and Atlantis with Billy Carson. The following week, I'm doing a two-day weekend retreat with a whistleblower from the Air Force called Emery Smith, where it's about disclosure and advanced technology he worked with in the secret space program. And then after that, the next weekend, Ascension, Exopolitics, and Disclosure online conference with Laura Eisenhower, Michael Salda, John D'Souza, and myself. And it's all about what we started like the conversation with when I got here, what does ascension have to do with disclosure that's basically the topic of the whole event it's going to be a 10 hour online conference so if you want to check it out go to portalascension.org and join us that's awesome neil and as we just kind of get closer to wrapping up this broadcast let's just kind of like go around once with just some closing thoughts so um can you just maybe just give us some closing thoughts again just kind of like what do people need to keep in mind moving forward from here whether they're trying to personally evolve this relationship with this kind of like higher advanced civilization stuff that's out there what do they need to keep in mind also um like i mean again i'm kind of approaching this from uh like 
like do are there certain things that we need to keep in mind in order to be able to keep ourselves safe when we're uh, approaching this topic because again i think um depending on the narrative that you've been told and the stories that you've been listening to again you know it's just like obviously discernment is a certain thing but again you know like how do we how do we make sure that we're approaching this in a mindful intelligent balanced way um that will also be able to make sure that again you know the people who are who are doing this are doing it you know in a way that's making sure that no one's getting hurt what we got to know is divide and conquer is the name of the game uh, basically dividing people on different sides uh, i actually i went to a 10-day silent meditation retreat and i was completely in silence and on the ninth day i was having this like existential crisis over the division within the ufo community because i work with so many people and there's like all this crazy drama all the time it's pretty intense and um so i literally drew a graph of all the different factions of the ufo community and how it's all been split in the divide and conquer and i have it like in a book like this crazy mad scientist kind of drawing. And I, so what we need to focus on is the fact that anything that divides us just moves us away from the eventual goal, right? The one thing that we have that, you know, you know, they, if you want to call them they, ultimately it's not they anyway, they're just playing their role as well. But the one thing that we have that whatever is being pushed out by these elites is we have the energy of inclusion. We have the energy of exclusion that they want this secret for themselves. What is the secret? What did all these people know for so long? They, the secret that they had that they utilized, whether it was sacred geometry or whatever, gave them the power that they have now. So we need to remember that the energy of inclusion is what we have with us. Um, anything that drives you away from, you know, maybe you don't have the same opinion as someone, doesn't mean you need to hate that person or say that person is a, is a shill or a controlled opposition because that is what people get all the time. Many of these speakers, like some that I mentioned here, many other ones that I've worked with and ones that I haven't, are just people with their own experiences and their own intentions and even their own agenda. It doesn't have to be an agenda given by an elite. Maybe they've had a trauma in their life and they feel that, you know, the disclosure of ETs is an answer to that trauma. Whether you call, whether these people, for example, many people are utilizing this whole ET thing to say that child sex trafficking rings are coming down, right? And um, that's based on their traumas and their own experience of the fact that they've always been against this and really like angry about what's been happening on this level with Epstein and other people. So they're jump onto this. This has got to be the one way. But there are so many different possibilities. And unless you truly know, or unless you're like the first person to get contact with the ETs that disseminates all information everywhere, there's always a doubt whether it's real or not. So keeping an open mind, keeping an open heart and not closing yourself off to someone else's beliefs or pushing them away because you think that they believe something else in regards to the disclosure of extraterrestrials, that's only gonna move us further away from the world we wanna create. So I would say that we would have to definitely um, keep our intentions pure and be open to everybody. And the other thing is, the main part is, we're not gonna have disclosure unless we do the inner work. Don't think that we can just go ahead and not work on ourselves now and just meditate or wait for a day ETs come and solve anything. That's not gonna happen. We need to work on ourselves. And how do we work on ourselves is we were transparent with who we are and how we got to where we are and what traumas we have and how we can release them. We, we are vulnerable and to take care of ourselves and therefore we can take care of others. We find ways to love ourselves. And what does that mean? Not like you know, I love myself for the fact that I'm a great guy and have a great job and I have a great wife and family. How do you love yourself for the simple fact that you are? How do you love yourself for the simple fact that you exist, right? That's hard for people. It's not about identifying with something and because you identify with that, now you can love yourself. 
figure out tools, find tools that, you know, Brandon talks about a lot of the stuff, the meditations that he does, um, sound frequency, um, counseling, therapy, ayahuasca, which is like the best. I love it. Like, that's like one that will take you there for sure. Right. And, um, so all these things are there available to you and been gifted to you by planet earth, the mother that like birthed you here in order for you to have the ability to transcend and create that collective reality so that we can have full disclosure. But until we get to that point, there's not going to be disclosure. So that's my, what I have to say right there. Just work on ourselves and don't be harsh with yourself. Don't be angry with yourself. For years, I was working on myself to 10 years, but I hated myself because I could never get to the point that I thought I was possible. I wanted to be somewhere and I could never be there. And I didn't know how to get there. And I started hating myself for it. Be gentle with yourself. Allow yourself to get to that place in your own timing. Stay pure with yourself, your heart, shed love. And, you know, we'll all eventually get there because disclosure and full disclosure is inevitable. Like this is going to happen. We're going to have open contact. This is real. It's been proven now. So it's only a matter of time. And how long it takes us to get there is entirely up to us. Beautiful. Awesome, man. And, and honestly, I mean, a part of me wants to just keep going, but obviously we are going to just kind of like shift things and, and move things along. But again, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of ways to be able to see this, but I encourage people to be able to see it from a place of excitement and, and a place of just being again, able to kind of like understand that, yes, there is this bigger story that's unfolding. And again, the, the way that I see this story unfolding is kind of from this higher perspective that even this is still kind of unfolding within this like divine purpose and it's for our growth. It's for our evolution of consciousness. We may not know all of the things that are going to happen, um, but at the very least, as these as the veil continues to get pulled back, I think it will reveal to us the idea that this reality that we are in is undeniably incredibly magical, and that we are a direct part of that magic. So that's where, again, you know, like approaches in the way that you wish you know like if it's something that you just want to put on the shelf and kind of just focus on other stuff that's okay but for some of us we're going to be you know sitting outside meditating and, and just being able to see like if this is an experience if this is an experience you choose to welcome for yourself and there's no guarantee i don't know like i don't know exactly how it works you could literally meditate you could literally be sitting out there for like a month straight and maybe nothing will show up and then somebody else might do it once and they might show up even then was that a part of your quote-unquote soul contract i don't know so it's again it's kind of like it's like are we even manifesting this or are we just kind of aligning with the futures that are already there and then it's just when we want to align with those uh with those realities but again i think when it comes to the ce5 again the 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 intention is very very important and this is even something that talks about in the documentary where yeah you might get like someone who's kind of very much in their egoic mindset and they're just like they're like oh yeah like show me them ufos let's do it they're, they're, like they're they're, it's, they're there for like the entertainment almost like the superficial aspect of it um the ufos might just be like no like this isn't no that's that's not for you like that's we're, we're, we're not just here to like we're not your puppet we're not here to dance we're not fireworks sort of thing you know but for those of us who kind of like really show up and, and have done that inner work who have done that personal uh you know that personal development just to be able to kind of like really say that you know what is the intention you bring into it are you doing it just to be fascinated? Are you doing it because you know that uh, in being open to this experience, it will also open you to more of yourself. And, and it's within that experience that allows you to continue to show up even further within the ongoing work that you do and the, and the message that you can share and the fact that you can be an ambassador. I'm sure a lot of us would wanna just be able to have an experience just to be able to say like, okay, now it's no longer just a theory. 
And now how can I convey this message further for other people? And again, how can I even be there to, to be, uh, again, a, a friend and an ally for, for others as they start to open up to this experience? Because there will be experiences where you'll, again, it will be kind of something within your will, your initiation, so to speak. But then again, I think you, you're, we will continue to see a lot of these experiences where people who are just like regular, you know, regular, just like Joe Schmo, like automatons in the matrix. And I'm not saying that in a, in a negative way or anything like that, but it's going to happen where there's literally just going to be people who aren't existentially expanding their consciousness who will start seeing these things in the sky and and so how do we um allow ourselves to be able to show up to be able to like hold space for them um and to be able to help them develop a little bit more context and also to be able to see it as an opportunity for them to turn more uh into into the place in their their own heart so i mean there's a lot happening here within this story and i think it's important for you to be aware of where you're putting your focus on if you're just like oh there's so many negative ets and they're all just like trying to you know like crossbreed and and they're trying to control and the reptilians and the draconians and and the this and the that and this and that and this and that like it, it, you can be aware of it it's all information like i, I it's up to you it, it's really where you focus i mean it's the same with the world there's a lot of stuff happening in the world that's not too great but at the same time there's a lot of stuff happening that's really really beautiful and so i think for me personally i think it's okay to be aware of, of the the many spectrums of the UFO phenomena and what it really opens up to and this idea that there are, you know, like beings that have their own will and it's kind of playing out and everything like that, still within the divine conscious order, so to speak, um, which allows us to drop into that place of deep trust. But at the same time, you know, I, I choose to approach this from a place of excitement and, and, and a place of healing and a place of expansion and a place of consciousness um, and, and a place that I feel is something that in a lot of ways I've kind of uh, it feels very natural. You know, it's just like and, and I'm sure for a lot of us here, it's just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been preparing my whole life for this moment. You know, I'm pretty sure like this is actually like what we've been kind of leading up to. And that's where, uh, again, even with what we were talking about um earlier I, I i believe it was rachel where uh, uh if it was rachel or, or otherwise but again you know this experience when you kind of when you have an experience be it even just in your dreams or physically with something in the sky or even an orb in your room or the corner of your vision i think there's kind of like this feeling that really feels like almost like a sense of home like like home is kind of like the one of the words that we can use to describe it it's like this like reunion with with a part of yourself and, and again i think that's a very very powerful thing so um again you know let us be aware of the full spectrum sure that's cool that's important again like like because this is an interesting thing right and we don't have to get into this now like there is shadow work within the ufo phenomena concept as well in the same way there is shadow work within every aspect of spirituality as well so even within the ufo phenomena there is healing that is taking place and what role do we have within that healing let's focus on developing healthy relationship with that concept with those experiences with the relationships that we are building in the future so what's going to happen in the future i don't know exactly how will this unfold in five ten years from now we'll wait and see things may open up there may be some like very very uh visceral experiences that, that may kind of take place uh, on this level uh, on this dimensional plane and um yeah 
know that we are infinitely flexible and and as long as we are in our heart space we will allow ourselves to show up in a place in the in the best way possible for whatever is needed and i think right now again we can just kind of like begin preparing for it while at the same time for those who feel ready starting to kind of like even welcome in some of those experiences here and now so Let's start passing the talking stick around. I'm going to pass it over to Chris next. Um, let me just double check. Okay, is it just... Okay, I think Neil had to hop off. So it's uh, Kelly, Chris, and Rachel who are still here. Um, so we'll pass it over to Chris and then Kelly and Rachel. We can get some closing thoughts and we'll finish it off with a little meditation for those of you who are still tuned in. So Chris, go right ahead, dude. Yeah, so like, um, <laughs> again, like I'm just like so excited to like, you know, like share some of my perspectives because of like, um, I just feel like so much of like what Neil like is like talking about and bringing up like, you know, it's like it's all these like the, these light bulbs that like, you know, like turn on in my head because like, I don't know, I'm someone who like, just from like such a young age, like I feel like I dove like so deep into all of this stuff, like, you know, where it's kind of like so much of that stuff wasn't really fully integrated where, you know, like I dove down all these rabbit holes and staying up to like, you know, five in the morning because I, I like have always been so interested in like, you know, like um esoteric information and stuff like that and really just like you know diving deep into it and kind of like you know as time goes on I realized that it's kind of like some of those aspects that were maybe like you know incomplete like you know like kind of like um you know like in my like in uh more recent times like you know like I've kind of like uh you know it, it's like the little those like breadcrumbs have kind of like um you know, led me to kind of like a, the, the deeper understanding, you know, like that maybe it was fragmented then, but then like, you know, it comes into a clearer picture, you know, today. So it's kind of like some information that I uncovered, like, you know, comes into greater awareness. And like, you know, it, it's always so interesting how that like happens within within life all the time. But I don't mean to get so off topic um, in, in talking about that. But what I wanted to mention specifically that like, you know, like Neil was like bringing up actually was like the and I'm not going to go like too deep into this because we are kind of closing up and stuff. I know that this kind of just like, uh, you know, opens up like a, a whole new doorway to just like, you know, more conversations, stuff like that. But when he was mentioning like the idea of like, you know, like the, the Zeta race and even like, you know, the, the Esanani race, like the, the Esanani race is actually like, you know, the race that like, you know, like Bashar that he was talking about, like, you know, works with and like channels and the Esanani is basically like a hybrid of like, you know, like human and Zeta, like, like like the zeta reticuli species like combined with like you know human dna and it was like actually like you know like it's kind of like you know we look at that and we're just like why did we like contribute our dna to help like you know like the zeta race and it's actually like it's so interesting and the reason why i even know like a lot of this stuff is because i read the book i have the book the prism of, of lyra that um neil was talking about and like you know like in reading with like you know these galactic heritage cards and stuff, like you know it details so much information um about this but it's like it it presents it in a way that's like so relative to what's going on in our world right now so like like you know so for example like you know one of the cards in this deck is survival fears and it's related to the zeta reticuli and it has to do with you know in the ancient days of the zeta reticuli their species nearly destroyed themselves due to high planetary toxicity and misuse of technology so like when they realized that their species was dying they, they experienced the most primal of fears, that of no longer continuing as a species. These survival fears forced them to look deeply within and make drastic changes. And it says, again, the same is true in our lives. Often we don't make changes until we can clearly see that our old ways will only destroy us. By then we have little chance of change. What part of your life needs to be changed? And it's just kind of like, um, you know, it was the that the zeta species that were originally from the vega colonies, you know, like if you're looking at it from this idea of like, you know, like original, like, unity to kind of like fragmentation it was kind of like 
you know, that the Zeta like species kind of descended from the Vega colonies, which, you know, like the Vega, the Vega species like descended from the original constellation of Lyra. So, you know, like the book that one, another book that she has that, that Lissa Royal wrote is the, the cradle of, of Lyra. And, you know, it's kind of like that this was the birthplace of like, you know, like all of these civilizations and that everything kind of fractaled out like outside of the um, the, the prism of Lyra, where, you know, like, all of these kind of species kind of, like, came from and stuff like that, but anyway, it's kind of, like, it's dealing with, like, this idea that the, um, to make, like, a long short story short and coming back to the idea of, like, you know, like, the Zeta species, like, um, in particular, it was basically that they lost touch with their spirituality, and they got, like, so distracted by technology and ignored the needs of their planet, and so they, their planet became toxic, and, you know, basically like the same potential exists for us like you know on on this planet to take the same path and it's like you know the, the idea that um you know they became it, their planet became so toxic that they had to live underground and that's what like neil was kind of mentioning and talking about so their bodies began to change because of it so they tried to fix the situation with genetic engineering such as removing emotional expression and so like that is like you know like what ended up turning into the zeta reticuli species so basically the um um, you know, like when people talk about abductions and stuff like that, it was actually like some of these like abductions and stuff like that actually had to do with the purpose of saving their species. So it was the idea that, um, it, it was the idea that like, um, I'm, I'm trying to like explain it. It was the idea that like, we basically helped them to like heal the emotional aspect that they had lost touch with because they had descended so far into just basically like completely being absorbed within the idea of technology and losing touch with spirit so like that are that those like some of those abduction experiences actually had to do with like us helping them like to repair their civilization and like you know like when they were near nearly at this at the stage of like complete collapse which is why they're actually helping us today and one of the cards later on in the deck you know like as as it goes like uh further on is um is the card of like returning the favor and it's the idea that like that's why these species are actually here like helping and assisting us is because we actually helped and assisted them in their own ascension process and stuff like that so it's kind of like that's the idea that like why there's like some of these like um extraterrestrial like races and stuff like that that are here now on earth that are like helping us and like you know like the reason why i feel so strongly connected with them too is just because like when i like first got this deck of cards it was like I felt like, like I did the first reading, it was like the entire reading that I did was like related to the Zeta species. And it was like related that I have that like, you know, connection with them. So it's like, you know, a very like personal contact experience. It's kind of like not in a physical way of seeing like a light ship or anything like that, but like feeling like their connection, like to me and stuff like that. And like recognizing that it's kind of like, you know, they're here to kind of like help and support me through kind of like you know, like, I mean, just like, you know, through my life and stuff like that, but it's just interesting how, you know, like, there's these, like, levels of kind of, like, um, you know, like, and how this, like, deck, like, you know, uses it, it's just, like, you know, in terms of, like, rejecting emotion, and, like, you know, like, uh, um, when we feel disconnected from, like, you know, those around us, and not embracing, you know, like, the positive and the negative as, like, valid, a part, as part of being human, like, you know, like, being able to embrace all aspects of emotion, you know, even, like, the harder aspects of it, so, like, yeah, I'm not going to go too much further, but, you know, like, what I wanted to, I guess, just get at by explaining some of that, and, like, um, was just the idea, like, in of itself, that it's kind of, like, the lessons that these kind of, like, stories have to tell us, like, are relative to, you know, like, our human story that is going on right now, and it's 
not only relative, but it's kind of like, you know, it interpenetrates like our story because it's kind of like all of these experiences like have like with these other races are not out there, but it's like stuff that has happened and like they play a vital role in our transformation, even if we don't really recognize it and recognize it. So it's kind of like, you know, like these rec these these like stories that are illustrated in, in these cards like you know are all about how like i think that planetarily we're kind of like all experiencing these kind of like survival fears in one way or another with like you know kind of like being on the brink of having like all these like crazy technologies and stuff like that and even with like you know thinking about when the um nuclear bomb came into like existence and stuff like that you know just having all of this technology and like being on the brink of like you know kind of like extinction and kind of like being like you know, always needing to come back to that spiritual component of kind of like, you know, not letting like technology get out of our hands and letting us like kind of spiral into that kind of like of rejecting, tuning into ourselves and losing that spiritual component. So like, you know, even with going, I'm not going to talk for too much longer, but going off of the last thing that you were saying though too, about how like, you know, like that kind of discord and disharmony can like exist within even these these communities and stuff like that that are having contact with these beings and, and stuff like that or within the UFO community and stuff like that it's just that it always comes back down to like as much as we want to advance like technologically it's kind of like we need to kind of like mirror that with our spiritual development and not let that like get out of hand because it's kind of like you know when we think about just development in general like that's what we think about it's kind of like you know more like Sometimes, like, you know, we think about it in terms of, like, more material infrastructure and more things that we're, like, building physically, but it's kind of, like, as much as we build things physically, we need to still be building that internal, like, spiritual foundation, which is, like, you know, at the core of, I feel like, you know, what all these teachings always lend itself back to is that, like, you know, it, it's, like, not getting so caught up in the material, but, like, recognizing that, like, you know, we are not the, not those things and, and not this, even this body, but, you know, like, we're really like building our energetic body and like, you know, building our capacity for emotion and compassion and all of that, like alongside all of these technological advancements and stuff like that. So like, we can always get so wrapped up in all of those aspects of like contact and things that are outside of us, but it, it always comes back to the work that needs to be done within. So like, I guess that those are kind of my closing words too, is that it's just kind of like, you know, like what all of these kind of like things lead back to. And, you know, even this deck of cards that I work with is that, you know, it's like, I get excited about kind of learning about, you know, the different aspects and stuff like that that I can look at in terms of like a physical story and that, like that's evolving. But like what the cards really like are, teach, like they teach me is like, you know, they're relative to these aspects that are, that need to be healed about like integrating all aspects of self, like, you know, like, and it's being able to become a more compassionate, like loving human being and like that the lessons it always comes back to that like inner work that needs to be done for that inner transformation that we can do within ourselves. So then we can kind of reflect that outwardly to the world around us and, you know, build a, and, you know, create a, a world that is, you know, in, in, in love that is in, in union and uh, yeah, in like accepting the oneness that, that exists like within everyone and, and everything. So yeah, those are my closing words. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. And yeah, thank you for just like sharing your wisdom and insight from that. Like, I love the idea that like you've already invested a lot of time just like studying the dynamics of this cosmic civilization story. And 
And I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, like there, there's people who have been who have been quite dedicated to this and the information's come from, you know, like channeling sources and ancient history and, you know, mediums and everything like that. And I, and I think together, once we really understand that, like, OK, yeah, aliens are real. This is a thing. And they have a history. They have a story They They have like their own kind of existence. And we are intimately connected to that. And again, like their history may be our history as well. And so, um, again, it's kind of things that are have already been talked about. And I'll just mention a couple of things real quick. It's like, yeah, you know, it's very likely that what we identify as as us being humans, like did not originate here on Earth. This this idea of like even like this human vehicle, this vessel could very easily have been something that came from somewhere else and then it kind of got put here and then it kind of got you know meant like you know adjusted and modified and tweaked and everything like that um but i think it's quite fascinating just to be able to again kind of be open to the idea that within each of us um there is kind of like this this story of something that we are personally connected to um within our dna and and, th and this is where again you kind of like get into like the more kind of like the tangible aspects of the idea that each one of us is kind of like a star seed each one of us like we have an ancestry physically within you know like our grandparents and things like that but then also we kind of have like a lineage like cosmically uh within like our dna and our soul and our spirit and things like that um so and, and that and, and i'm mentioning that because it, it, it brought me back to this idea where uh again you know just kind of bringing things into conclusion and just kind of painting the picture here and i'll pass it to kelly and rachel as well i think again you know with what's happening right here it's acknowledging the fact that like there are many races there there are many different players happening within this within this play so to speak and the government is trying to suppress this you know they don't want us to know about this because if they do again it kind of like opens us up to this bigger picture which can lead us back to our power but we are bypassing them. We are literally bypassing them through the personal work that we are doing. And so when it comes to, again, like this idea of like human initiated contact, CE5, as we're calling it, the Close Encounter 5 protocol, I think one of the intentions that we can kind of hold with us is this idea of being able to put forth this intention of listening, understanding that like these other people that we're interacting with like look to them as elders look to them as like a mystic look to them as a, as a as a teacher they have something to share with you you know what would you like to share with me and i think if we like and I'm, I'm just kind of formulating this i'm like i'm like okay that like i can see that right i can actually see that being something valuable to kind of carry into our meditation so opposed to just being hey let's go sit outside meditate and hope that lights show up let's kind of like do that and just be like i am here to listen what do you have to share with me? You know, I think, I think that actually, and again, as I'm saying that I'm like, yeah, like that makes sense. Like that's cause that's what they want. Right. Like they're not just here to, to just entertain us. They're just, they're like, yo, like help us, help us, help you help us, help you help the collective, help us type thing, you know? So what message do they have to share with us? And that message may be the experience in itself. And then at the same time, we haven't fully touched upon this, but it was mentioned where the idea that, uh, again, you know, telepathic communication with these ships with these light beings is is a part of the experience um and and obviously with what's happening in the world right now again you know what is also a part of the story is the idea that we are literally like tapping into our spiritual superpowers our what are referred to as the cities the s-i-d-d-h-i-s cities which is like the ancient kind of sanskrit term that refers to like these additional extra abilities such as like teleportation by location telepathy um like 
levitation, uh, things like that, walking through objects and things, um, which come as a result of like shifting one's consciousness and kind of awakening within the dream. It's much in the same way that when you go lucid in a dream, you can kind of like bend the spoon, so to speak. In the same way, we can actually start to do this here. Um, and maybe that's something that the the light beings and the other people and everything like that, maybe that's something they might be able to teach us about. Maybe that's something they can assist us about. Maybe that's something they can actually help kind of begin to like activate within us. One of the things that you've I've actually heard about, and this, this was also in the CE5 documentary, is like, encounters with these beings uh spontaneously healing people you know like like there's one story of a guy who had like problems with this hearing and then he had this encounter and then he asked them he's like can you help me with this and then they actually did and then he and he his hearing was fixed by this or something like that so i mean again i don't know exactly but i'm just kind of what i'm doing is i'm kind of listening to my heart and i'm trying to think of things from a bigger picture of why like why are these encounters important and i can see this kind of playing out in this way where the experience of them is an opportunity for us to be able to be present with it as a student um, and then in a way to be able to also kind of like activate something within us whether that be literally or more just metaphorically it activates inspiration it activates kind of like a presence an idea um, could it also activate something else i don't know i don't know but i do know that these extra additional abilities are possible um, but at the same time, I will just mention this. I think with whatever we're doing, I think it's important that we're not kind of like approaching it from this place of like putting our power to something outside of us where it's like, oh, please help me, please help me sort of thing. Like you're begging them type thing. Like I, I don't think that's quite how it should be. I think it's just kind of something where it's like, yo, like I'm already freaking powerful, but hey, if there's like stuff you want to, you know, like how can we, how can we interface here? Um, and it really, again, once you kind of start diving into this, it really starts to allow you to expand your understanding of yourself where it's like, whoa, like, who am I? And why is this relationship something that I'm experiencing right now? And then this is where, again, you know, like this is, I think this is where like the starseed concept really starts to kind of like actually become something that's, you know, very much a part of all of our stories. Um, and it's something that, again, even just as I'm I'm diving into this, you know, some of you have heard me talk before, I've always kind of had this very discerning kind of, um, not resistance to the star seed idea, but I've always been very gentle with how I've held it. Um, because I know it's a very exciting idea and I, some, and I see some people and they grab it very, very tightly. And they're just like, this is my identity. This gives me purpose. Um, but parallel to this, I'm, I'm also holding on to it because there's something within myself that I don't fully love. And therefore, if I have this, it helps me kind of mask it. And it shifts the focus. Like I see some people do that, but at the same time, um, I think I'm starting to feel myself getting curious about the idea of just being like, yo, like if I'm capable of developing a relationship with these entities, beings, etc., then maybe it's through that relationship that I'll actually be able to receive more information about like my own not only lineage but also like my own story that will continue to inspire me where it's like again you know like i know i know someone said this like way before they were like they're like oh yeah like you're probably like a part of like the lyran um civilization or something like that and i'm, and I'm just like i'm like maybe maybe like i don't know my voice i'm a leader or something like that like maybe i don't know um maybe we've all got a bit of everything or something like that but again you know for me if someone were to say to me, hey, if you like sit outside in a field, meditate, work on yourself, drink, like, you know, eat good food, sleep well, exercise, you know, do all this other stuff, do your chakra meditations, tune in for morning meditations, then 
you will receive knowledge about your cosmic identity. If someone would literally say, if you do X, Y, Z, then you will receive this. I'd be like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Cause that's the only way that I'm kind of like open to this star seed idea opposed to me just kind of like picking a narrative out of a book and just being like, Ooh, I like this one for me in order to really be able to, I, to start identifying with that star seed. I am kind of like patiently waiting for an experience where something communicates it to me. And that could be through a dream and it could be through an experience. It could be through like telepathy or something like that. I don't really know yet. I don't really know yet, but I can feel myself kind of being pulled towards something here um, in a way that's actually quite exciting for me. You know, suddenly, like even after this broadcast, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go outside and meditate under the stars and stuff like that. So who knows? Who knows? But I think the fact is that each and every single one of us is uh, incredibly beautiful, incredibly magic, magic more than what we thought we were and we all have a very important role to play within this story and our, i think each of us our our role is bigger than just you know this earth um in itself and um yeah let's just take things one step one step at a time stay grounded stay curious and uh keep an open heart so pass it around kelly rachel who wants to go next thank you guys for listening to me babble kelly i'll pass it over to you go ahead kelly yeah, so this has been wonderful. Uh, definitely. The one thing that I've learned in, in having contact uh, with one particular being or collective um, was the importance of cleaning up your messes. Oh, hold on. I think, uh, I think Kelly's feed just froze there. So um, we'll just uh, give it a second. Uh, if Kelly got abducted, then we just wish her well. So hopefully she'll be back in a second and she can tell us all about the experience she had. Rachel, can I pass it over to you? <laughs> Jokes aside. And uh, we'll pass it over to Kelly once she's back in here. So it's probably just a battery or something like that. Rachel, go ahead. Um, yeah, um, this has been such a wonderful discussion. I feel like I didn't know I had... Oh, Kelly's back. Kelly is back. Okay, Kelly is back from, from the sixth dimension. So Kelly, uh, go, go right ahead. We'll pass it back to you then. Okay. All right, yeah. So just one of the major things is um, when speaking to these beings or having a, an energetic like exchange with them was um, the importance of cleaning up my messes, um, being it any sort of um, karmatic messes um, that I had created. Um, which is really doing that work. And that's a hundred percent on point is, um, really getting to it and getting those things out of the way that are, um, taking up space that you can now hold more energetic frequencies, um, and be able to connect better with these, um, ships and entities. Um, another thing is it really seems like it is like a circular um, life lesson where we're all as above, so below, um, learning together through this process of ascension. These beings um, are all going through their own differing um, evolutionary processes and they're learning from us as we are learning from them um, in every aspect. And that's where, you know, it really, it brings into account that it's not necessarily necessarily a hierarchy that they are higher dimensional beings even though we call them higher dimensional beings they're not necessarily higher dimensional beings they're just at a different place in time 
so um and going back to the you know we are they are us they are our lineage our our dna skin suits since skin suits are very important um as it has a lot of the coatings and everything and it's an evolutionary process and um holds our akashic records of all the galactic histories um and as we awaken and get more light coatings in that's when we truly are able to activate that and we'll be able to share that with them in a lot of different ways um so yeah it's definitely um one of those things that they i believe are always in our awareness if we allow them to, if we just tap into it and really just it's about how we we center ourselves and one way that i was going to say to connect to them is um when you start to heal your inner child and do inner child work that's really a good way of being able to raise the vibrational frequency and being able to connect as well um i find that i really got in touch with my inner child and it my heart chakra opened and i was really able to um experience um a consciousness state of um being able to connect in a different way and it was a different even signature um frequency than my regular one but so i think that really inner child work um is very important as well as the meditation eating right um is really really important and um just taking it easy on yourself cuz you know this is ascension process is not necessarily a a race it's about really like where it's not about getting to the finish line it's about the, the experiencing the whole process of it and um that doesn't mean necessarily to slack off but um taking it easy on yourself too and you know don't be too hard if you don't feel like you're in the spot where you want to be um uh because then you need the self love and that self love is the catapult to being able to assist other people um so i think that that is all that i have uh i definitely think that we're going to be seeing disclosure in the next couple of years though that's for sure um i mean it's already happening but in a a broad spectrum we're going to be able to see these ufo occurrences come about um and it's it's up to us as light workers on a mass level to really um change the shift the consciousness to one where um it's of universal perspective and that it is of unity so that when this comes to this point we will be seeing ourselves as a galactic family and and be able to connect in that way instead of having people think of it as a hostile occurrence so thank you beautiful awesome thank you kelly kelly can you do me a favor and just post um your direct youtube url into the chat i just want to be able to make sure cuz when you search kelly the lamb a few of them show up or kelly lamb a few show up but we'll make sure we include that into the show notes as well so perfect thank you kelly awesome yeah I, I, again you know like i think i think for those of us who really do kind of feel called towards this topic and the potentials of it it calls us into our best self and 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 it requires like a level of maturity a level of like spiritual maturity a level of responsibility for for our own being where it's like it's like oh what like you want to be able to like get the keys to the universe and stuff like that be like okay but like you got to work on yourself first you got to kind of prepare yourself to be able to open up to this and and again i know a lot of us have naturally already been doing this and and i think we're already kind of 
many of us here are kind of in this place where like we have some sort of soul contract to be able to play some sort of role within this galactic shift in consciousness that is happening and again that's the idea is that i think what's very fascinating is the idea that what is happening right now on earth has the potential to ripple out into other parts of the cosmos you know like that's that 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 idea in itself it's a very very powerful idea where earth is not this isolated event and that's why like so many of the the species and and the races and the civilizations are paying attention to earth like they're like they are tuned in you know it's kind of like this cliche of like earth is like a tv show for aliens and stuff like that it's kind of like that you know like they are literally they are literally looking in on what is happening right now because what is happening right now has the ability to kind of like ripple out through space and time and again maybe it's already happened or something like that again neil neil kind of neil kind of mentioned this idea where it's like very mobius strip where it's like we are the future affecting the past and it's our past it's our future self that affect the past that affect the future it's it's very trippy it's very trippy but um again so maybe we're just kind of playing this out for infinity and if that's okay then hey that's okay so all right rachel will pass it over to you and kelly thank you for uh putting the link in the did you put it in the in the zoom chat in the zoom chat okay there it is perfect all right so i'll put it into the youtube chat as well so Perfect. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Um, Kelly, was there any, just to confirm, because this is just going to be last time's around, was there any final closing words that you wanted to add just for all the people tuned in before we pass it over to Rachel? Just message of inspiration. Yeah. I, it's one thing that definitely, it's just about following your heart. And as you just activate in your intuition, um, this whole process is really just going against the grain, going against that that um, programming inside of you that says to do things a specific way. It's about following your heart, really feeling it. And that's gonna guide you the directional path in which you are going to be able to do this very simply. Uh, when you follow your heart, you're not going against your higher self. You are begin to merge those together. So that's what I definitely, just following your heart, following your intuition, um, because there's gonna be you know roadblocks up ahead, but if you can walk through anything when you're following your heart and you won't have fear, you'll be able to walk through it as an ascended master and just be able to embody your actual multidimensional place on this planet. Beautiful. Awesome, Kelly. Yeah. And again, I like this idea that like the entities, the inhabitants, the races, the other us's and stuff like that, like they're, they're cheering us on, you know, like they're there. They're like, you got this we got this so let's allow ourselves to just kind of like feel that because i think that message we feel it in our heart we feel it when we're in meditation so and we see it through the synchronicities and stuff like that i mean that's a whole topic in itself like like are the same inhabitants of these civilizations and ufos like are they the ones messaging us through synchronicity as well like are they the spirit guides as well are they the, you know the ancestors from both the past and the future as well we'll talk about it more on another broadcast i'm sure Rachel, I'll pass it over to you if you'd like to be able to bring some closing thoughts and then we'll just end it with a, a brief closing meditation. So Rachel, when you're ready, go ahead. I'm ready, sorry, I was just responding Not a problem. in the YouTube chat there. Um, yeah, this has been such a wonderful discussion and um, uh, I guess I did remember the, the thought that lost that they lost earlier that flew away from me. Um, it was actually, um, it, I was reminded of it when Kelly was talking and I wrote it down and I feel like it's come up a couple times since then even. Um, but I just keep thinking, 
the idea of, of our connection with each other and um, in watching the, the um, C, um, CE5 documentary, um, just noticing that in all of their clips of um, trying to make contact in different ways, um, there was always a large group of people together or not necessarily a large group, but like people together. It wasn't ever just like one person necessarily. I mean, yes, in the meditation aspect of things, but um, it just kind of got me thinking about the, the power of our connection with each other um, and, and how important it is to not just cultivate ourselves, but again, like it's come up, uh, I think Neil might've mentioned it. And then a couple other times it came up, like the idea of connecting um, and like getting spread out to, to make connections with other groups of people and um, getting the word out there to others. Um, but also um, not thinking, oh, like it's all about like me making contact, but really it should be about like us as a group, like collectively, all of us as a whole um, experiencing these things together and even just in small groups. Um, but um, for me, personally, um, not that I want to get into the personal side of things, because that's exactly what I'm talking against, I feel like, where it is more like the bigger picture outside of just us ourselves. Um, but I struggle with connecting with others um, and, and feeling like, oh, I can put myself out there and make a connection or like go join groups of, of people who are doing meditations and things like that. I just have this, this nervousness about that. Um, but really, that's like doing the, the work inside and, and moving past that and realizing like other people have those same fears about about being in groups of people and you know that's just normal and and if we all just come together then everyone feels so much more loved and so much more comfortable if we could break out of our own little individual bubbles and and uh, connect with everyone else um, and that was really just the thought that ran away but also I did want to mention um, since I mentioned my meditation experience earlier today out on the, on the grass there, um, ever since I did that earlier today, I keep having this sensation of something tapping on the back of my head right here. Um, and it was actually happening earlier during the broadcast um, a couple times there. Um, but it was just one of those things where I noticed it after I had done the meditation and kind of thinking like, oh, that's an interesting sensation. Um, that's like something is, is touching me here um, and kind of thinking like, oh, I wonder who or what or like whatever that might be that that is um, just like a little like love tap on my head like this afternoon. And, and um, actually um, during class too earlier and it's been happening like on and off all afternoon since I did that meditation um, and not earlier today so i just thought that was interesting and that you guys might find that fascinating too that i did have that kind of interesting physical sensation of some kind of connection um but yeah um it was so wonderful to to be here with everyone and to be part of this discussion um thank you so much brendan for facilitating as always um and so great to uh, meet neil um and and kelly and lise and um Chris, so great to be here with you again. Um, anyway, yes. Good night, all. Um, love you all so much. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Rachel. And absolutely beautiful notes uh, just to even be able to conclude on where, again, you know, I think 
uh, as Rachel was saying, it, it is about us. And, and so that's where, again, I think when we understand that the work that we do personally is the work for the collective, right? So if you feel called to go out and try doing some CE5, try initiating contact and things like that, I think if you're doing it from this very like altruistic place in understanding that it's like this is more than just my experience this is a collective experience this is something i can welcome and this is something that i can like bring forth and share and you know incorporate as wisdom so i think it's a very very exciting time for us to be alive right now and and i think uh, again you know for those of you who are tuned into this broadcast i i think it's up to you to decide how you choose to to carry this information how you choose to hold it and at the same time, I think this just goes hand in hand with just living, living a balanced life and just being aware and helping our neighbors and working on ourselves and expressing our creativity and on the weekends, summoning encounters with aliens, you know, maybe it'll just be that where it just kind of becomes, this is the new norm of us making galactic contact or something like that. We'll see, we'll see. But I think again, just being able to have a, an open heart, a pure heart, an open mind, uh, is is essential to to the coming steps within the story and again just to be able to understand that as light guardians as light workers star seeds shifters whatever we call ourselves there is an important role for us to play um, within the fact that as this information begins to surface it will be up to us to be able to decide what narrative we are going to co-create together and so let's focus on a on a narrative that will be one that will inspire us, that will nurture our spirits, that will open us up to more of the magic that is all around us and remind us of our potential within it and our unity between ourselves and all things. So thank you so much everyone for being a part of this conversation and drop those 1111s in the chat if you enjoyed this. And again, for those of you uh, who are looking, uh, please feel free to connect with all the people who are on this broadcast. Their information will be in the YouTube show notes and I'll, I'll post it into the comment here as well on YouTube so you can check it out. And even just feel free to send them a message and be like, hey, I tuned into the, the UFO broadcast and you know, let them know. And uh, yeah, just so much love to, to everybody. So much love to, to all the members of this community in all forms, just doing our, just, yeah, just doing our thing and leveling up together. And, and uh, again, just kind of wrapping this up, I encourage people if they're looking for more, go, uh, go check out the CE5 documentary. Again, you can find it, you can rent it online. Uh, it's all available through Vimeo and other platforms. Highly encourage you to check it out and, and support it. So definitely, definitely, it's important information. And again, obviously, just kind of think for yourself. Keep connecting the dots. Stay curious, and yeah, just kind of keep working, working on uh, whatever it is that you feel called to. So beautiful. All right. Okay. So with that said, let's just conclude this with a, a little meditation. And um, yeah, I'm definitely feeling called as we kind of move forward. Where like for myself as a facilitator, I do want to start facilitating additional meditations that are going to kind of like relate back into this theme of kind of cosmic coherence. And, and we did actually do a bit of that today during our waking up with Wolf broadcast, um, which was quite special. And, and a reminder for any of those here who aren't aware, uh, we do do our team meditations Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. And when we practice those, we're basically, again, kind of like practicing getting ready for the bigger aspects of the story that are unfolding as we speak so let's take a moment here to just conclude this meditation so just inviting everyone to gently just close your eyes just allow yourself to relax straighten up your spine relax your face and as you listen to my voice just gently begin to bring awareness to your breath 
And gently as you breathe here, just allowing yourself to be in this space of gratitude. Thank you for coming along on this ad adventure with us. It is my hope that it planted seeds and shifted your consciousness and expanded your mind in some form or another. And so thank you for being open to receiving it and carrying this with you further. So just stay in a moment here <clears throat> as we conclude this meeting to just visualize us in a circle here and gently imagine all of us standing up and coming together and just take a moment here to visualize all of us in a group hug as we just take an opportunity to just be able to be in this space of coherence and just be able to reflect our gratitude back to one another. And just allow yourself to add a gentle sway to your body as you physically feel the sway of the group hug. And really just honoring the many levels and layers and dimensions of who we are as humans, as star seeds, as soul, as consciousness, as love. And so just take a moment here to just breathe. As you continue to breathe, again, just sending a message from your own heart to all the people who are here, saying words of kindness and inspiration, and just allowing yourself to receive any message back, words to support you. You are seen, you are heard, you are supported, you are loved. Gently imagine the group hug slowly releasing. Just take a moment here to give individual hugs, hug all the people, hug all your, your virtual friends, your cosmic friends. Beautiful. And slowly, as we keep this gratitude in our heart, we'll bring our awareness back to our physical body and gently wiggle your fingers and your toes and open your eyes and return your awareness to the space around you. Beautiful. Yeah, get some stretches in there if you need it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you again, everyone, so much. I, I know I keep saying that, but it really means a lot just to be able to, to facilitate the sacred digital space and to have the support of the community and co-creating it. So thank you for making it what it is just by being here and adding your presence and, again, allowing yourself to take what's happened here and continue to echo it out further into the wider community. So yeah, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Again, you know, I think we're on the right path. I think there's a few additional things that have kind of opened up for us in terms of uh, knowing that contact and, and these CE5 experiences are possible. And again, go out if you feel called to, the basic instructions, go outside, meditate, be in that heart space, allow yourself to be in that coherence, kind of like put out a signal to the universe and just be like, I am here. And just hold that intention, even that intention of just kind of like, I am here to listen, I am here to learn, I am here to develop that relationship, and then kind of like visualize, kind of like focusing in on where you are, kind of like give them a roadmap, so to speak. And um, yeah, report back and let us know if anything happens. And yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So beautiful, awesome. All right. 
With that said, we are ready to conclude this broadcast. So with everybody here, just want to remind you, if you've enjoyed this broadcast, you can connect further with our team chat. The link's down below in the YouTube info. Of course, you can support on Patreon, help us reach our goals there by becoming a leading member and joining our, our private aspect of our community and even joining on air for future broadcasts and getting discounts and items and everything like that and yeah please feel free to just tell your friends about what we got going on here subscribe to my tiktok for more content and uh yeah thank you so much for just being a part of the story so for everybody here let's just gently unmute ourselves and send some loving alien noises to all the people tuned in so for all the people who are tuned in thank you so much make that noise we love you guys thanks for being so weird and beautiful all right much love everyone as always keep it shifty peace and wholeness and we will see you in the future much love <laughs>